Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, episode 47 of The Far End of the Bench with myself, Jimmy Pilato, and my co-host, Nico Bryant. Uh, we are getting dangerously close to baseball being the only sport left, but with that being said, we still got NHL Stanley Cup playoffs to recap, NBA playoffs to recap, uh, NFL. Some news came out there with both the Broncos and then also the Broncos technically again. Uh, so we talk about all, about all of that, our normal segments, and uh, we introduce our new segment, Factor Cap, um, in this episode as well. So it's jam-packed, gill to gill, where we keep saying that we're going to run out of content, but then we keep having these two-hour-long episodes. So maybe we are maybe we are the ones that are capping, but for now, just be sure to follow us at FEOTB Pod, Instagram, Twitter, subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you are subscribed, unsubscribe, resubscribe, do that on your podcasting platforms as well so that we can t- continue to grow the show. And like I've been saying, if you leave a five-star rating with a review, we will read the review if it comes with a five-star rating on the podcast and give you guys a shout-out that way. Uh, but, Nico, I mean, we talked about Factor Cap. I mean, there might be some uh, conspiracies going around with a goat. A goat? Uh, maybe maybe, maybe one of the greats of all time? Ooh, maybe. I, y'all, I don't y'all know. Might, maybe. Y'all might want to listen for that, same for that. all right bench warmers for this week's center of attention i wanted to kind of single this out because we didn't talk about it last week it did break um last monday but we had already kind of decided what our outline was going to be and since i was going on vacation i didn't really want to change anything But uh, we also wanted to make a little bit of a statement about Carl Nassib last week coming out and becoming the first actively gay NFL player, active openly gay NFL player. Um, And this is a huge deal. I know he said it. Hopefully at some point this doesn't have to be a thing. But for now, I think that this should be um, talked about. This should be spread around, especially with the reaction that a lot of people were giving it was just amazing to see the positive reinforcement that a lot of the players from around the league, a lot of the players that know the kind of person Carl Nassib is, he's been around for quite a while. I mean, the first time I remember seeing him was on the heart on hard knocks with Cleveland. He was given kind of the marketing lesson to the guys up there. He's been liked everywhere that he's been and everybody is just focusing on the man that he is and not worrying about, the announcement that he just made. And I think that's great. It's a huge step forward. And hopefully this is going to continue to start to bring a little bit more uh, openness and a little bit more representation, because I'm sure that there's been multiple, multiple people who have played in the NFL that were homosexual that didn't feel comfortable enough saying it or didn't feel like they needed to say it publicly. Um, But now we're probably starting to move towards a landscape where that's not going to have to be a thing. Um, also it's, it's awesome to see that he's donating hundred thousand dollars to the Trevor project, which is for mental health and gay youth and, and helps out with that. And the NFL coming out and saying that they're matching his hundred thousand dollar donation. That is what this league can do for good. That is what these players can do for good. And I think what Carl Nassib did, it was brave of him. It's a very historically significant moment. And I think it's one that is only going to lead to good things. Hopefully only leads to good things moving forward. That this That's this week's Center of Attention. Let's get into episode 47 of The Far End of the Bench.
This episode of The Far End of the Bench is presented by the Unhinged Sports Network in partnership with Fanatics.com. Uh, Nico, we, we uh, I survived Vegas. I'll say that. I still have my coaching hat on, so I survived coaching my fourth graders. Um, it was a jam-packed week of sports, even though we don't have as many games going on. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about, and uh, we'll start from my center of attention because we didn't mention that last week. We kind of already had a set plan. But that was pretty, I, I would say, historically significant. I said it's one of the more historically significant moments in sports that we've seen in the last few. I mean, it's one of the more historically significant sports moments that I can remember. And I said that in the center of attention. But what do you think when Carl Nassib released that video and um, kind of the reaction from everybody else around the NFL? I mean, I'm, 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 I'm very, very happy for him that he was able to do that and that he was able to come out. My, my thing is, is I just don't want it to take away from the athlete as well. So one of the big things with, with, like, I, I, I mean, you compare this to, to um, different scenarios in the past, like Michael Sam comes to mind. What did he do in the NFL? He, he let that determine his play. I, I, I hope that now that he's able to succeed and, and be a spokesperson, not only on the athlete side, but be an absolute terror on the field now, because now that he did it, now that he's the first one able to do it, now the next step is is performing. And I, though, although it's still a huge step that he's able to do that, it's awesome that he was able to that he came out and was the first active player this year. I mean, Michael Sam technically counts as the first active player, but he didn't really play a whole lot. But now him being the first active player, um, I'm excited to see him see what he does. Now I just I, we just got to make sure that. He doesn't doesn't just, just doesn't just t- take the blame now. Now now he performs. Now now he, he now he takes his level to next level on the field. That people aren't so worried about that. That he's just one of them because I mean the NFL is a league that it, it's all about toughness. The football is toughness, and and there's stereotypes that go along with um with what Carl did. And now the thing is now he needs to be be active socially with 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 being being an active gay player and then also be active on the field and and showing his play and being incredible hard worker on and off yeah um and i'll give credit to michael sam he is technically the first he was the first actively gay openly gay player drafted to the nfl he never actually played a, a down in a regular season game so when carl nasa plays his first play this season he will be the first openly gay active player in the NFL, which that's why I say it's historically significant. And um, this is what was needed for that community to start having some representation. This is what was needed because Carl Nassib is a monster. He, he's been a captain in an NFL team before. He was a captain back when he played at Penn State. The dude's six seven. That was that was my biggest thing. Yeah, he's a he's a big guy. That was my biggest thing about the initial reaction of everybody. It was positive and they were kind of just remembering like I've played with Carl for so long or I played with Carl back here and I know the kind of person he is. I know the kind of player he is him now being gay. He's that's awesome that he's been able to speak his truth, but that's from what I've seen, people aren't going to dictate how they treat Carl Nassau because he's gay. They're just going to be treating him like the person that he is and like the person that he's become. Cause he's got, he's been in the league long enough. He has relationships with guys now, like it, it's good. And having a player that's going to play well and be representative of that community is great. I think the biggest, biggest news story about this is the donation, the hundred thousand dollar donation to the Trevor project and the NFL coming out and saying that they're matching the hundred thousand dollar donation. That's huge because we talked about it 
back in, uh, I believe May was the mental health awareness month, but athletes being more open and helping out with these kinds of things is helpful for these communities because they're able to see some of the struggles that they have to go through. People are in different situations and they still struggle with the same things, but it's growing a community. And I think it's, it's a huge step for Carl Nassib in the NFL. And it could be a very historically significant moment in sports, depending yeah. on how, uh, how the season goes. Roger Goodell doing something right for once. What? Hold it on, it what? was very difficult. It was, what? it would have been very difficult for them to mess up on this one. I, I'm not going to say that, they I couldn't, mean, but at least they, they did it. Yeah, no, they swung and they connected. I'll, I'll, I'll give them that. They, uh, they took the chance on this one. Um, but yeah, that we wanted to get that and, and talk about that because we didn't get to it last episode. And, and that was one of the bigger stories coming out of, uh, last week in sports, but now let's get to the actual play on the ice. And I'm going to just get this going with, I texted you it as soon as it happened. I tweeted it. Laissez les bon temps rouler. That's French for let the good times roll. Montreal is back in the Stanley cup final, ladies and gentlemen, well, the Vegas much. gold Knights are no more. Yeah, they oh, didn't. They have they, they, they played one game, so they haven't technically shown up, but they're there. And Canada, uh, I mean, Canada has representation. No one thought it'd be Montreal. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Not a soul thought it'd be Montreal. But I'll tell you what, I love their their hungry attitude and or never say die attitude. It's a it's a fun team. Um, it would have been a lot more fun of a Stanley Cup final if we had New York on the other side too, because between the NHL and the NBA Stanley Cup finals and finals, it would have been absolute mayhem. No one would have expected New York Islanders versus the Montreal Canadiens. No one would have expected the Suns or Clippers against the Bucks or Hawks. No one would have expected either of those. So Tampa Bay is kind of ruining the party a little bit. But yeah, good for good for Montreal. Vegas, man. I I I. I when I was watching those games, Vegas was built to beat Colorado. Like yeah. that's plain and simple. And and it got them through to the quarterfinal, the semifinals, because that's how this season was set up. They were not built to win a Stanley Cup because they they had they had guys that that were built to be. I mean, as as arrogant as this may sound, as an Avalanche fan, it is facts because we did not see the same Vegas team that was running up and down the ice against Colorado, against Montreal. They were slow and steady. Like against us, they were flying around. They were, they were roaring. Like I didn't, I watched two separate teams, completely separate teams one week to the next. Well, I mean, even from game one to the rest of the series, that's the way Montreal wants to play. That was how they were going to beat Vegas is to slow them down. Montreal's defense, their top four defensemen are 6'4", 220 plus. That wears on you for a series. And also think about if you want to, I was talking to a guy, he was a Vegas native uh, when we were coming back and I was talking to him about the series because the Canadians, I got to bask in the glory of seeing all those Vegas fans. Tuesday night we were, I stayed at the park MGM. So we were right in the backyard of T-Mobile arena and Tuesday night when they lost at home, I just got to watch all of them leave, flood out the arena, get up on the tram in our hotel, just heads down. And I was like, yep. I feel good now. I feel validated. I'll take the yeah. heartbreak that I felt. I, I had to sit through wearing abs yeah. gear in Vegas <laughs> so I, you could enjoy them getting exactly. the next round. Exactly. I made, I made up for the, the despair that you felt just getting to see them lose at home. And then when they lost Thursday night, 
I didn't see like it was crazy how much Vegas Golden Knights stuff was there when we showed up. By the time Thursday ended and Montreal moved on, I didn't see much Vegas Golden Knights support. Oh, they got they got the the Spartan head on the Caesar's Palace guard. They have the jersey yeah. on the Statue of Liberty down there. They got everything. And now they get, tear it all down. Can put up put up Raiders stuff now. I guess. I don't know what's gonna happen, but that was. I'll give Carey Price some credit too. You can tell Carey Price wants to win the Stanley cup. That's one thing that he hasn't been able to do. Um, and wouldn't it make sense? Like I put that in the notes on the show too. Wouldn't it make sense that this would be the year Montreal wins the Stanley cup again. They're the last Canadian team to win the Stanley cup. And that was Patrick Waugh who, who won it for them. And now in a season where if you look at just the straight standings, if you put all the different teams together, don't break it out by division, Montreal would, would have been the 17th best team points and record wise. They would not have made the playoffs in a regular season yet. Here they are playing against the Tampa Bay lightning in the Stanley cup final. And yes, game one didn't necessarily look as competitive as I think the rest of the series is going to look, but we said that about game one of the semifinal series when Vegas came out and punked Montreal and then Montreal just kind of wore them down. I, I don't know. I think that it was a perfect storm with, with Vegas and Montreal. Um, but I do want to talk before we get to the actual final game, I want to talk about the Lightning and Islander series because that was a hell of a series. That was good old school fashioned hockey. Um, New York got to close out the Nassau Coliseum with a win. So I know that they didn't win the Stanley Cup, but the last game they ever played there, they won. But Vasilevsky is just another human being. Like that is as good of a goaltender as you get in today's NHL. He is now the only goaltender in NHL history to have three shutouts in series clinching games in the same postseason. And if you want to throw in last year's Stanley Cup, yeah, if you want to throw in last year's Stanley Cup final, he's got four shutouts in series clinching games now. And that's that's by far and away the most ever. That's that's just crazy. It's I'll tell you what, Vasilevsky does the old uh, PlayStation meme where he sits back the rest of the games. Game seven, he leans forward. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> he, yeah. He. Go ahead. He is on a different level, and Tampa Bay are showing why they're the Stanley Cup champions last year. I mean, it's it's just sickening. Because because New York was this underdog story, and Tampa Bay did this stupid BS with the cap because Bettman had let the rules loose, and Kucherov didn't want to get the cap, and he could sit the whole season and play the playoffs, and a whole whole thing. And it's they were they were the they were the not underdogs, but they were the fan favorite last year because they were like, well, man, this team got their asses kicked in the first round last year or the year before. Yeah. Like, maybe it's the, finally the year. They finally get over the hump. Now, this year, they're like, oh, we're going to be the the LeBron, the Kawhi Letters of the play, of the hockey now, and we're going to sit our best player the whole regular season and just let him play the playoffs. Kucherov, go yeah. have fun, fun in Russia. Go enjoy yourself. Well, and just make sure you stay healthy and stay trained, and then we'll have you play in the playoffs. That's, that was oh. the big thing. Islanders came in, a bunch of just goons that were just trying to ruin people's days, and the, uh, Tampa Bay was just too damn talented. When Nikita Kucherov wants to be, he's the best player in the world. That's when you talk about that. When we talk about that Stanley Cup final game, Nikita Kucherov is a guy that we have to talk about, but the dude is leading NHL in points in the postseason right now. He had 19 points through his first nine games. Those were the first nine games that he played all season. So I don't think what they did with the cap is right. It's not technically cheating because it was written in the rules to be that way. Other teams could have done it if they they were so inclined, but I don't think anybody else was set up like Tampa Bay to, to come out of that situation. But 
they were the way that they won that game seven. We could talk about if the Islanders won, they deserve to be there. But the way that they won that game seven, they earned that win game seven. Winning it one nothing with a shorthanded goal is your only offense. That's pretty it's intense to do anytime in the NHL. It's pretty intense to do in, in a game seven of the Stanley Cup semifinals. Oh, no, no doubt. That's where the the, the uh, um, experience of last year came came into play. All those guys yeah. knew, knew that maybe we may if we if we ha- have to win one zero, then let's make sure it's that way. Vasilevsky stepped up, being like, you know what? If we win one zero, it doesn't matter how you win. If it's if you win, doesn't mm. matter how, just if. And and Tampa Bay did everything they needed to to do to to make sure that defensively and offensive pressure kept New York on their toes. And like you said, the shorthanded goal was their only goal that they allowed. And Poor Varley. Varley. Varley played his ass off. Var- yeah. Vasilevsky was the show, but Varley was a great uh, side act. He was a he was he, yeah, he 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 played his ass off and and did really well for that for that team. I'm really happy to see that. But it just was a little too too much or too much to overcome for New York. They just aren't to Tampa Bay's level yet. I would be interested to see what would have happened if Anders Lee was healthy and was able to play because he brings an extra dynamic to the offensive side for New York. But three of the four goaltenders in the Stanley Cup finals played absolutely lights out. Carey Price, Vasilevsky, and Varlamov all were on a different level. And funny enough, the goaltending tandem that won the Jennings Trophy, which is the best tandem goaltending team in the NHL, they're no longer in the playoffs. I know that was a trophy. (laughs) Yeah. I, I had to learn that the hard way this year. I saw Flurry and uh, later got that one. But, I mean, anything else from the semifinal that you want to throw out there? Any more jabs that you want to take at the, the Vegas Golden Knights? You know, it, it's been – they've had a lot of success in a short amount of time, but they've never quite gotten over the hump. And I feel like as a Vegas Golden Knights fan, they've done enough where they should be over the hump. That's all I'm going to say. That is that's, that's all the right things to make sure Vegas is a hockey town. And they still haven't won anything. So, as Yusuf Nurkic once, great one, once said, "Have a nice summer, Vegas. Have a good summer." Have a, yes, have a good summer. I, they're gonna be they're gonna be enjoying themselves playing golf because Vegas has a lot of really good golf courses. But uh, I'm sure that they're disappointed. I'm sure everybody's disappointed. I would like, outside of French Canada, I would like to see how many people legitimately thought that the Montreal Canadiens would go any farther than. It's crazy to think about what they've done since they've been down three, one to Toronto, they have yet to trail a series or maybe they, I think they maybe have trailed Vegas one game. Actually, I think they, yeah, they've trailed one time, but they've only lost two games since they were down three, one to Toronto or two or three games. I don't, I, I don't know. I'm, it's I mean, tough for me doing math, but it's, it's impressive nonetheless as to what they've been able to do as a team that shouldn't be here. Oh, I mean, the real winners of all this is Toronto because Toronto's like fuck. We 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 were good, but at least we lost to the lost to the team that made it to the Stanley Cup, right? So they're made they're feeling a little bit better about themselves about them losing three one. I mean, <laughs> if they feel like, better about themselves, that's why Toronto is in the place that they're in. Yeah, it's it's just funny. I'm 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 happy for them, Canada. Yeah. Canada got a Mickey Mouse uh, route to the Final Four. I'll tell you that <laughs> there there's. No offense to Montreal, but but in a regular postseason, they lose first, second round. They don't make it to the Final Four or stand the cover that matter. So yeah. Gary Bettman made made sure that we had a Canada team, Canadian team at least in the Final Four. Now he has won in the Stanley Cup, and ratings are are through the roof. 
I think it's the first Canadian team to be in the final since Vancouver lost to Boston in 2011, too. Yep, so I, I think that the Canadian hockey fans would be happy that the Canadians break the, the curse because, like I said, the last Canadian team to win the Stanley Cup was back in 1993. But the fact that it would be Montreal again and that they would have 25 Stanley Cup championships, I feel like it would be a bittersweet thing if, if Montreal does end up coming back and well, I mean, uh, overcoming every- – yeah, if you talk about since 1993, almost nearly every single Canadian team since then has had the number one seed or been one of the better records in the league. Mm-hmm. I mean, outside Montreal. I, th- I, th- I think, I mean, Calgary has. They had a few years ago. Ottawa did not too long ago. Uh, Vancouver was in the Stanley Cup Finals. You talk about um, – uh, who else? Oh my God! Toronto was the best record in the league a few years. Edmonton, Calgary, these, Calgary. Uh, we beat Calgary, Calgary as a one seed. Oh, no, no, yeah. I'm saying Calgary. Um, okay. Like, like they they all have had a chance at being the best team, first Canadian team since then, and none of them have been able to do it. Uh, I yeah, it would be on them, but I feel I still feel like there would be some sort of a knife sticking out of a Canadian hockey fan's back. Like if we talk to our old colleagues at the Unhinged Sports Network, they'd probably be happy. It's like a moment in national pride, but then again, is it really? Because Montreal wanted to secede anyways. Um, but this final game, it was close. I mean, it was close through two periods. I know the final score looks bad, but I, I'm kind of at the point where I can't say that Montreal is done because I've said Montreal is done through the first two rounds of the playoffs, and they've proved me wrong. Cole Caulfield is the X factor. He's, he's the – I'm going to give him a little bit more praise later on in the show too, but he's been the X factor for this Montreal Canadiens team. He came in, in that game elimination game against Toronto and he hasn't went out, gone out since, but I I have a feeling that we could be seeing a repeat of what happened last series. Now I think Tampa Bay might be a better team than Vegas overall. Tampa Bay is a lot better team than Vegas. Let's put that out there. We just, we just know that this Montreal defense wears on people and Carey Price is going to slow the game down. I'm interested to see if Tampa Bay is going to be able to make sure that this series stays on a quick pace, because if Montreal has it the way they want it, it's going to be a slow, methodical, lean on you type series. And that's what it was through the first two periods. And then Tampa Bay opened it up. It's, it's, gonna, it's going to come down to which defense makes the least amount of mistakes. That's exactly yeah. how it's going to be. Cause you, cause between Vasilevsky and Carey Price, no easy puck is going to be put in the net. I've, I've been saying this for a month and a half, two months. The best goaltender in the whole playoffs is going to be when his team is going to win the Stanley Cup final. And it's either right. It's either going to be Carey Price or Vasilevsky. And you can't tell me that those were not the two best goalies in the playoffs the past month and a half. Cause that is 100% facts. It's which defense in front of Vasilevsky and, and Carey Price makes the least amount of stakes, least amount of turnovers in their own zone to give the opposing team easy chances. Because every because 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 there's no like the offense is going to have to work for goals. They're, like they're either going to have to work for goals or they're going to have to. The other team is going to make a mistake. It's not. We're not going to see many goals from the blue line where the defender just hucks it to the net and hopes it gets tipped and goes in. Because the defense, the, the Vasilevsky and and Carey Price are going to eat those up. So it's going to be who who can who can sustain it the longest. I would give an edge probably to Tampa Bay, even though the veteran leadership of Shea Weber back there for Montreal is a big piece. But I mean, between Head Headman and a bunch of those other guys for Tampa Bay, 
they just have the more experience. And Shea Weber and Carey Price, as great of the players as they are, they're very, very new to the Stanley Cup. Yeah, that that Stanley Cup run and the fact that the before that uh, Tampa Bay made it to the final in 2017. So they've made deep playoff runs before. This is the first time that any of these Montreal guys have gotten this close to the Stanley Cup. Um, and there's there's that conversation of depth. Tampa Bay is the deepest team in the NHL. They have four lines. We talked about it last in the bubble. The cup clinching goal came from the fourth line guy and Blake Coleman. That wasn't Nikita Kucherov and Braden Point out there putting on a show. It was it was Coleman who made who won them that game. And when you got Nikita Kucherov playing at the level he was last night, three points, two goals, and an assist, and then you still got to worry about Braden Point. Steven Stamkos on the second line had a goal. Um, and Tampa Bay was really aggressive in front of the net. I was surprised that Montreal's defense wasn't able to move them out in front of Carey Price like they have been every other single team because, in my mind, Vegas is a lot bigger than Tampa Bay, especially up front. And they just weren't able to get Tampa Bay from out in front of Carey Price, and they weren't able to get guys on the other end. Caulfield had a couple good looks, but it's going to take it's going to take a lucky – I mean, I think Vasilevsky really got lucky the other night too. I watched that game, and there was a lot of lucky posts. Like if it was if it was Mark Andre Fleury, he would have been talking to the post all all night. There was a couple times where Montreal should have been able to tie it, and they just kind of got the raw end of the deal. But it's going to take some luck, and it's going to take guys making chances. And I I feel like Montreal is going to come back. Yeah, every single championship ever won has had some sort of luck. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the, the, the obviously the best team usually wins the championship for whatever sport, but there is luck that plays into every single championship. Yeah. And I, I think this is going to be no different. Um, but since this is, we're only one game in, and game two will be taking place later tonight as you're listening to this, if you're listening live on the Unhinged Sports Network, unhingedsn.airtime.pro. Um, who are you seeing win this series? And then who are you picking as your con smite since we're early on right now? I, I'm, I'm going to take Tampa Bay, and I'm going to take Vasilevsky as the con smite. I, I don't know when the last – Cons my goalie was. I'm not, I don't know at the top mm. of my head. It might have been Tim Thomas of Boston. That's the only one I That's what I was maybe. thinking too. Um, yeah. But I, I think I, I'm going to give Vasilevsky the cons because I think Montreal's had the fun. You're having fun. I'm, I'm happy for you guys. But but reality sets in at some point. <laughs> and yeah. I, I think Tampa Bay wins this RC in five or six. I think Montreal gets. It's a game at home, and I think that's it. All right. We went from Habs and seven last week to Bolts and six. Habs and so, seven, yeah. Yeah. Um, if it was, if Montreal does win, is Carey Price your consummate winner then? Uh, yeah, I think it's one of the goalies. Unless Caulfield right. has, like, five more goals this series, then I think it's him. Yeah. Call, if Montreal uh, wins, it's Caulfield or Carey Price. I'm I'm thinking that Montreal pushes it to six, but I'm like you. I don't I don't think that Tampa Bay. I, I think Montreal is basically out of steam at this point. Um, so I'll I'll say Tampa wins in six, but I'm gonna give uh, Braden Point the con smite because I think he's gonna have to have a game where he gets to carry Price a little bit, and they're gonna have to win a either a, a game where he gets an overtime winner, or he's gonna get to carry Price and have a couple goal game like we saw Nikita Kucherov have. But Braden Point's really been the reason why Tampa Bay is in this position. And I talked about Nikita Kucherov having three points. Braden Point had three assists the other night. He was also very active on the score sheet. Um, it's T- Tampa Bay was set up to do this against any team that wasn't Colorado or Las Vegas. And 
they still might have been able to do it then. Tampa Bay was just a stacked team. It would make sense that they're the first team since Pittsburgh to win back-to-back cups because just the way that their roster was built out, it, it makes sense that way. But, hey, I hope we get a crazy goaltender battle because that was a lot of fun in these last couple rounds, and why not end the NHL season with a great goal, great goaltending as well? I think that's what I'm really hoping for. Um, but yeah, let's let's move on now. I know I've basically been watching the NHL playoffs very intently. You've been watching the NBA playoffs a little bit more than I have. So let for me, myself and the listeners who might not have been watching the NBA playoffs quite as much, uh, let's talk about this Suns and Clippers series because game two was a game two was intense off the, off the chain hyped. I, I don't know what other euphemism I could use. That was great. Great a basketball. Was it not? Oh my God. Talk about one of the craziest game winners I've ever seen in my life. DeAndre Hayden. I mean, this is a rule that not many people knew about before the game before obviously it happened was that you, there is no goaltending on it out of bounds plays. The fact that Jay Crowder was able to put the ball so perfectly above the rim that Aiden, all he had to do was tap it in was, was incredible. The, they're, mm-hmm. they're nicknaming it the Valley Oop. And, and that, that sh- because we recorded Monday last week because of travel and all that, that would have been our play of the week. <laughs> if, if, we, if we saw it, I'm just telling you right now, but man, yeah. This this series, I don't know what I'm watching <laughs> because I don't know what I'm gonna get every single game. Because am I gonna get Devin Booker with with the mask going off, or am I gonna get PG thirteen, not not pandemic P anymore, playoff P going off for forty a night? Like I, and I don't know what the hell's with Kawhi either because we because the Suns got got don't know what they're doing. They and and the Suns had a three one lead. Yeah, uh-oh. I was gonna say they. Uh oh, that's the first thing. Is uh oh, because boy, because the Clippers Uh oh, oh boy, Clippers got nothing to lose. Also, why is Kawhi sitting up in the booth and not on the court? This is the first time I think I can ever remember. Because football, they do it for whatever reason because it's cold or whatever. But at, but basketball players, whenever they're injured, they're either not in the arena or they're on the bench. So that's very, very interesting thing, too, because Kawhi's a free agent. So what is going on? You, yeah. Well, but you want to know what that means to me? That means that he's not going to be in Los Angeles much longer. I don't – or maybe he could go to the other L.A. team because that's well, a possibility. <laughs> I mean, like, it, it's – because the Suns have controlled the pace for games, and then the Clippers have a guy like Reggie Jackson just fucking go off. Reggie Jackson, who is a guy who grew, who played who played high school basketball, by the way, in Colorado Springs. Fun fact: He's from Denver, Colorado. He went to Boston College for school. Was drafted to Detroit, but he is from Colorado, so it's cool to see. I know we don't talk about him a whole lot because obviously he didn't go to CU and blah blah blah. But the guy played high school basketball here, so it's awesome to see him balled out because he he is. He is doing what the Lakers thought Dennis Schroeder was going to do for them. <laughs> he is he is putting on a show. He is knocking down shots, doing everything possible. And then we had a Boogie Cousins sighting in game in game five. Also, like like yeah. this like this series, it's it's three to two. I don't know what I'm going to get. 
because because the Suns could close it out in six, or they could go back home and win in seven, or the Clippers be like, "Fuck it, we got nothing to lose. Three one lead, we can beat that." I I don't know. Like, there's so many different storylines in this series, whether it be Chris Paul and the COVID thing missing the first two games, or. Devin Booker getting his nose broken in four different places and having to wear a mask or, or Kawhi Leonard being injured for whatever reason. And then Paul George getting rid of the pandemic P nickname. And then, I mean, there is everything you could want so much more in these West finals, because this is, I mean, it's, it's grade a reality TV and sporting TV because you don't know what you're going to get. No, and honestly, I'll be a hundred percent honest. I forgot Boogie was on the Clippers, and I, I never. I had even... no idea. I, I I saw him checking the game, and I was like, "What the fuck? He's in he's in the Clippers." I totally What's Boogie doing out there? I, I thought he was like, in Houston. Oh my I god, he was in I had, Houston. I had no idea he was on that team still. And that's also the first time I even knew Reggie Jackson existed. So thank you for pointing that out to Reggie me. Reggie Jackson, well. not the not the baseball player, the basketball. Not, player. not Mr. October, not Mr. October, the basketball player from Colorado. Um, yeah, he, but that, he's, he, he's been balling out for them. He's been one of the sole reasons the Clippers are in this series. Yeah, though I especially like I totally thought Paul George was having a good season, but I feel like that was because he wasn't. He, he wasn't Batman. He was Robin to Kawhi's Batman whenever Kawhi decided that he wanted to show up and play. That was another thing. But I I thought once he was done that Paul George was going to collapse in the last round, but I forgot he was playing Utah and they're the king of collapses. It, if he does pull this off, if the Clippers do show that they are mentally tough enough to come back from a 3-1 deficit, what are we going to talk about on this show? Because that's all we talk about is the oh Clippers have no mental toughness to do anything we wouldn't be able to say Clippers blew a 3-1 lead anymore. We'd have to say that they came back from a 3-1 lead. Oh, no, they so, still blew a 3-1 lead. But but well, th- there's more factors into this. First of all, Doc Rivers and that cancer of a of, – not of a coach, but cancer of a the, of a um, uh, uh, trauma of him blowing four 3-1 leads in his career, him being gone and him bringing all of his bad juju to Philadelphia, that's a helps. Because Tyra Lou d- makes a lot of great in-game ju- adjustments. I said, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I talked about the Clippers in the first the first series against Dallas. I was like, Tyra Lou did not make any adjustments, and he told he he fucking proved me wrong big time because he has made so many great adjustments. And the Clippers, the thing with Paul George is everywhere he's been a Batman, he's balled out. Talk about Indiana when he was mm-hmm. when he faced the Miami Heat when he was the man in Indiana. Indiana was a good team. Talk about then when he went to got traded to OKC. Russ was wasn't necessarily the Batman in that situation. It was Paul George. Paul George was a top three MVP candidate. And then now with the Clippers without Kawhi, Paul George is the Batman again, and he's succeeding. So the question now is. Like how, I, I mean, this is kind of hard, but how does Paul George, does, is Paul George an X is the man, is, uh, as the man, can they win a championship? Because what I've seen is Kawhi Leonard as the man can win a championship. LeBron James as the man can win a championship. Ke- I don't know about Kevin Durant because he was on the Warriors. But Stephen Curry as the man has won a championship. Paul George can, is showing that when he's the man, he is a damn good player. But when he is not expected to be the man he takes so many steps back mm-hmm. and 
I, I he, he proved me so damn wrong. Proved me and proved everybody yeah. so damn wrong. Because I got to raise his, my hand on that one too. His, his performance is has been incredible. And he he is going to be the sole reason this team makes the NBA Finals. Um, him and Reggie Jackson. If those two dudes continue playing like they have, Suns and Four guy is going to be fucking set home real quick, real soon here. So, well, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, Suns and Four guy had to go home after they lost one game because he was yeah. taking pictures in the stands, and then they lost, and he's like, "Well, damn it, that's that screws everything up again." Yeah, I mean, like I said, this I don't know what I'm going to get. I'm so excited to watch the game as you're listening to this Wednesday night. I'm so, I mean, Jimmy's going to watch the Stanley Cup final. I'm excited to see what the hell I'm going to get from that game. Cause I thought the Suns were going to close it out game five. I was, I was like, Oh, Oh, this like, well, we're going to record Tuesday night and Monday night, the Stanley Cup game oh, finals will be over or game one will be over. And the Suns will already clinch the NBA finals. And here I am being like, I don't know what the hell's going to happen. <laughs> I legit yeah. have no idea. Cause I could very well see, the Clippers just do what they just did in game five at home and then force a game seven. And then we're sitting here like, fuck, we got an LA team in the finals. Right when we were almost to a point where it was no big cities in the finals, we get LA back in there. Um, but man, I I'm hoping the Suns win. I I'm rooting for the Suns because uh, everything I said last week of, of me, whatever. And, and I'm hoping they can get over the hump, but I just don't know, man. Cause this Clippers Let me- team, let me ask you this is it going to come down to deandre ayton because the dude disappeared in in the last game he played 37 minutes finished minus 22 and was over six from the field i mean it's 100 deandre because look ivika zubach who is their center who is the clipper center missed his first game in two seasons in game five and deandre ayton that's that should have been your goal that should be your green light that should have been like oh boogie cousins he's washed I need to go. And it's very, very interesting what Tyron Lue did because when DeAndre Aiden was off the floor, he put Boogie in. When Aiden came on the floor, he put Batum out there. So he said, I am going to dare DeAndre or Aiden to come in the post. And that's how they're going to beat him. And he hasn't done that. He, mm-hmm. he, he's gone away from the pick and roll. They're relying way too heavily on the pick and roll from him and CP3 and CP3 to hit the shot. One of the reasons why I was so deadly against Denver was because Aiden was catching lob after lob from Chris Paul. They are daring them to give the ball to DeAndre Aiden, and they're, and they're just not. And if DeAndre Aiden performs like he did in game two or game one, Suns will, Suns will win this series. But if the Clippers figure out a way to alienate DeAndre Ayton from not getting his touches on the offensive floor and make Chris Paul shoot 40 times a game, they can win the series. There you go. For all of our fans that are in the Phoenix area and our Suns fans, because I know you have a lot of friends from school. I have a couple buddies that are big Suns fans. It's it. There's a chance that the Clippers do finish this thing, but it's very simple for the Suns to finish the series. Find DeAndre Ayton and make sure he shows up for the next game, whether it's game six or game seven. Just all you got to do is win one more. Like, it's the toughest game to win in a series, but all you got to do is win one game, and you got two chances. All I'm saying is next week, if, if the Suns blew a 3-1 lead, oof, man. That's, that's going to oh. be that's going to be front-page news for a while. Yeah, and we've, we've already set a precedent for what we do to teams that blow 3-1 leads. And I don't Stop think that, that the Suns can be exempt from that because no, they're, no, not, they be. they're not our team. So uh-huh. uh, on the Eastern side, 
let's just start by talking about game one because Trey Young is a dog. Dog. He is that he is dude. A, he is a bad man. And <laughs> and he is he is he, he is equipped the most perfect villain role I've ever seen. Since last time, last time I've seen someone get into this villain role as much as Trey Young has. And I'm not comparing these two players. So like, like their skill levels, I'm saying the villain wise. So don't take this out of context, but was LeBron with Miami. Cause LeBron in Miami was fucking hated everywhere out of Miami. Everyone wanted him to lose and every, and everybody was rooting against the heat, no matter what, if you weren't from Miami, you didn't have someone on the team, whatever you were against the heat and Trey Young, Trey Young had fucking, Yankees fans chanting Trey Trey Young's balding at a baseball game. That's all you need to know. At a baseball yeah. game, the Yankees fans were were chanting Trey Young's balding. Look, that I mean, this is this is the next Reggie Miller to 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 Spike Lee in the '90s for Knicks fans. Because Trey Young, you could you almost had Trey Young because that because that um that uh lottery you didn't jump ahead yeah you 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 sat i believe it was at nine or or around there and there was rumors you were trading up trey young performed in madison square garden a lot of times in in the march madness tournament big 12 tournament all that and he is just ruining your lives in new york he i mean because because you it was it was a we want brooklyn we want this trey young said screw y'all i'm doing my own thing and he's just right. playing flat out and crazy thing is he didn't play game four he was hurt he got hurt and and right now as we're recording this they're up by 20 so he he was hurt he didn't play game four they're up by 20 and Giannis went down with an injury too so this 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 series in the east i i mean i don't know what's gonna happen either because yeah. Chris Middleton, talk about Chris Middleton for a second. Holy fuck, Chris Middleton balled out. Game game three it was. He had he had he had as many points as the Hawks did in the fourth quarter by himself. He just took over, and this is a guy that everyone's like, oh, he's not he's not a good enough Robin and Bob. I know we talk. It's crazy. It's funny how we talk about Batman's and Robins in every sport and blah blah blah. I think I think it's funny. But Chris Milton, everyone said is not a good Robin, not good enough, and whatever. And Giannis straight up said he was like, how good is it to have a guy like Chris Milton on your team? He was like, I don't care about having the ball. This is what y'all said. I don't care about having the ball in the fourth quarter. If Chris is feeling it, I'm giving him the ball. And that's what yeah. that's what a that's what a Robin is supposed to do. If that man has his leg broken, Robin is expected to go in there and do something. So, and that's what Chris Rob or Chris Robin Chris Middleton is doing right now, or did for Game Three, Game Four. If Chris Middleton or if Giannis is out for an extended period of time, which he could be because the hyper extended his knee, they're going to need mm-hmm. that for Chris Middleton a lot more. Yeah, I mean, sometimes Robin sees Batman go down, and if he's really lucky, Alfred will let him wear the bat suit. And I think that's what Chris Middleton might have the opportunity to do. But he was plus 16 and had 38. I'm sure Giannis is just happy to have somebody else in Milwaukee that he doesn't have to carry the whole team on his back. I'm sure, like, a big guy doesn't like – I'm sure he doesn't squat very well because that's just how big guys are. And, and you know, I, I'll make my jokes about basketball players not knowing how to be in the weight room. That's just my personal opinion. Uh, but I'm sure he's happy. Like that's the two best players I think in the game 
other than LeBron and, and all those guys are Jokic and Giannis, because those are two true guys. Like they're superstars and they get their stats, but they don't care that they're the reason that the team wins. They just want their team to win. Jokic's MVP, MVP speech said that Giannis has come out multiple times. Like all I want to do is win a championship. That's why he's still in Milwaukee. Cause we were talking about it. Like last year in the bubble, we said, if Milwaukee doesn't make it past the second round, where is Giannis going to go? My and then Giannis doubled down. Been. Yeah. Then Giannis doubled down. He's like, no, I'm staying in Milwaukee and we're going to find a way to be good. And credit to them, they found a way to be good. Hopefully Giannis gets back because I'm 100. I was with you, like not knowing what was going to happen anyways, but that's just because I wasn't watching. If Giannis is injured, I have no clue what's going to happen with this. If Giannis and Trey, because Trey has an ankle injury too, which ankle injuries are a little more easier to come back from hyperextended knees. If both of them are, yeah. are, are healthy, we could have an NBA Finals where the best two players on the floor are Paul George and Chris Middleton, or 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 Chris, or instead of Paul George and Chris Middleton, or we have Chris Paul and Clint Capella. <laughs> like like we we ESPN's we gonna do everything they can to just skip over the NBA Finals. <laughs> it's so it's so dumb. And then all, all what really pissed me off. I gotta add this in there. What really pissed me off is. Steve's first take and, and Molly Rose, Karen Rose, whatever, Jalen Rose's wife. Jalen Rose also is one of the biggest component or proponents for Denver Nuggets basketball and lower or smaller cities. So it's nothing wrong with him. It's his wife. And they came out and said, it was like, yeah, I'm not looking forward to fucking Milwaukee. I'm hoping that the Clippers move on because I don't want to go to Phoenix either. And I am just sick and tired of it because it's, it's the NFL doesn't have this problem. Mm-mm. No one gives a fuck if it's Tampa Bay versus Kansas City. They care that it's two great teams, two great players. We are going to get two great players and two great teams one way or another. So deal with it and get your ass a nice warm jacket and go to Milwaukee. Like, fuck. It's the summer. It's, it's oh, yeah. not like you're going to a Packers game. Like, fuck. And it's, it's inside. Not bad, man. You don't got to be in L.A. And, and Miami and New York and whatever for fucking playoffs for it to be entertaining. No, I mean, I, think I mean, about I, the Super Bowl back in Minnesota. Everybody loved going up there. That's That was cold, too. Yeah, and, and the Miller thing also, I'll throw in this, this in here also, the NBA playoffs ratings are as high as it's ever been since, as high as it's been since 2001, when Kobe, it was Kobe and Shaq. This is the highest rating playoffs we've ever had in, 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 like, in this generation. Like, 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 there people are putting on shows. Like, there is a legit feeling of I don't know what's gonna happen. <laughs> like years past, we're like, oh, this team's gonna probably make the finals. Like, oh, this team's gonna, you know, at least win it or be in the conversation. I have no idea. And and it's not about star cities being in the playoffs. It's about good teams putting on good games. It's about yeah. dogs fighting against good dogs. I don't need to see the two prissy dogs all with pink toenails and tutus on fighting. I need the two pit bulls in there going at it. Like, like that's what I, that's that's why this NBA playoffs has been so successful. Obviously, the ratings will never compare to the NFL, but it is a great sign to see that these four teams that no one thought would be this far are getting these higher ratings because of the games that they're putting on. It- Parity is good for any sports league. And the NBA, they're, they're figuring out with the play, but the fans just need to figure that out. And the analysts need to figure that out. Like, 
I know that I think it's good that Stephen A. Smith is starting to do some hockey segments, but I don't want him doing hockey segments because he's pissed off that the NBA finals is Phoenix and Milwaukee. I want him doing hockey segments because he wants to do hockey segments. Like that's the thing I don't understand. I don't understand how you can be an analyst on ESPN and, and get to the pinnacle. Like somebody like me who went to school to be a broadcaster, want, want to be in sports broadcasting. I would give my left arm to be on ESPN. And if I had to go cover the badminton or the, I'll talk about the disc golf world championships coming up later. I would go to that. If I was an ESPN affiliate, no matter where it is, if I was employed by ESPN, I'm just happy and grateful for that opportunity. They got to start realizing that. And, you know, I feel, I know I'm not going to hate on Milwaukee. I've never been there, but there has to be some cool places. And I know Phoenix has some cool places. I know you're biased towards, towards Arizona and everything like that, but you know, there's, there's, there's good everywhere. You just got to open your eyes. Just open your eyes. Speaking of possible new scenery, there's also a little bit of a new monkey wrench thrown in. We're going to transition now. I finally get to talk some NFL because the offseason, this is as much like an NBA offseason as we've gotten in the NFL. This is great. I get to get to see the soap opera being played out right now between the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers. And the new wrinkle is uh, Aaron Rodgers is eligible to opt out starting Friday. So July second i think that is yeah my second you mean opt out of this contract opt out of opt out of the season due to COVID. they're the nfl is offering that again except it's uh instead of the package that they set up last year where it was 150 grand if you opted out you don't get that but you uh you don't you forfeit your game checks but then you don't have to hit any of your incentives so you're still promised your incentives if you opt out which would save him $20 million. Aaron Rodgers would get his $20 million in incentives if he opted out of the season due to COVID. Um, but then he obviously couldn't go and play anywhere. Here's the, here's my feeling on it. Here's kind of what I've been getting the feeling listening to the Denver sports radio stations. It really doesn't make a whole lot of sense for Aaron Rodgers to opt out. Everything that he said up until this point, his holdout is not because of money. His holdout is because of the personnel and the front office management of Green Bay. So him opting out to save this $20 million in incentives. Well, yes, he should probably do like we say for the players all the time, make your money and do what's best to make your money for the point. Aaron Rodgers is trying to prove. I really think that he's not going to opt out. He's just going to try and hold true to his guns and, and hope that green Bay isn't willing to tarnish their entire franchise's reputation on the fact that they're just going to let their hall of fame quarterback sit out because they can't get out of their own way. So I don't think that he's going to opt out, but what are your feelings on whether or not Aaron Rodgers takes this opportunity and opts out of the season for COVID? Well, I mean, that's, it's, 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 it's wild to me that the Packers are willing to allow Blake Bortles to be their starting quarterback. Like there's a good chance that that happens. I mean, I'm not lying. There's a good chance it could happen. And he's the backup on the roster. I mean, do you want Jordan Love? If Jordan Love doesn't perform and Aaron Rodgers sits at home all season long, you may have made the biggest mistake in NFL history. Because you have you were a conference finals, not conference finals, sorry. The, or or yeah, I don't know what it's called. I'm so they were the they were in the yeah, conference, conference championship game the, two years yeah, in a row. They're a conference championship two years in a row, and you have the ability now, you're at a point where if you suck this year, you could be a top five pick because Blake Bortles and Jordan Love is not going to win you very many games. It's just not. And no, I mean, look, 
as much as I would love Aaron Rodgers to be here, I just want him on the field. So because he's that good, we are we are we are seeing a po- there's a possibility that one of the best quarterbacks of our generation may call it quits early because everyone else around him just fucking refused to help him. He is he is the sole well, okay, I won't say the sole reason, but he 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 was one of the main reasons they won the Super Bowl along with Clay Matthews. If it wasn't for him and Clay Matthews, they don't win the Super Bowl. He is the sole reason that this team has been in the conference championship. Or that you remove Aaron Rodgers from this team, this team is as good as the fucking Jacksonville Jaguars. No offense, but like they are not good. Aaron Rodgers makes everyone around him better. And you can't fucking decide if you want to pay him or move him. Like, look, Green, Green Bay fucking deserves this at this point because they're because they're obviously they're trying to call his bluff, and he he's the one with the cards in his hands because he knows the Packers aren't anything without him. He knows that. Everyone knows that. They fucking well, know it. Well, also, also think about this. If you let him sit out, if you are truly going to stick to your guns, if you let him sit out and, and whether or not, like everybody on that team knows he's the reason why they're winning so many games too. Let's not get it twisted. They know that Aaron Rodgers is a big reason why they are a successful team. Why, if you're a guy with a contract coming up in Green Bay, if the team is willing to let a guy like that sit out instead of move him or bend to his will, why am I going to stick around for another contract there? Why am I coming back if Aaron Rodgers isn't there? If I'm a free agent looking to Green Bay, why if they're willing to sacrifice an entire season, and I agree with you, I think they're a three-win team without Aaron Rodgers. That's that's where the, this team is at. Our defense if they're willing, their offense is not good without him. If they're willing to let him, if they're willing to let their franchise do that, why is anybody ever going to Green Bay again? That just that's my that's my thing. Like Jair Alexander is going to be gone if this happens. Uh, Devontae Adams, Adams is going to be gone. Robbie Tunyon, once his contract is up, he'll leave Green Bay and go be a tight end somewhere else. Like all they have to do, it seems like they're giving up. But what they're doing really is you get however many picks you're going to get for Aaron Rodgers in a player. You're building that roster so that you have one down year after you trade Aaron Rodgers, but then you're able to build this team and maybe get back to some semblance of what you were. Because you, at this point, you just got to accept the fact that you won one Super Bowl with a guy who's going to be in the Hall of Fame and go down as one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play at the position. I think you just got to cut your losses and maybe try and build your team better up for the future. And I think in the eyes of the other players around the league, that's what the Green Bay Packers need to do in order to keep some semblance of credibility. Because right now, the only thing that they have going for them is that they had Vince Lombardi coach for them back in the 1960s. And they had Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers as their back back to back starting quarterbacks. Other than that, the Green Bay Packers are irrelevant. I mean, I mean, that's I mean that that makes a team pretty relevant by those standards because that is twenty plus thirty plus years of having some sort of decency on your roster. So I'm not going to go as far as saying they're irrelevant, but they're they're still relevant in and and times. But like they are very very close to to being in. NFL football hell. Yeah, if they let Aaron Rodgers sit out all season, they're going to be the Browns moving forward. That's what this team is going to be because they're going to lose all of their star power now, and they're not going to be able to – they're going to have to take a long time to build it all back up. Um, The other thing that we wanted to get to, I wanted to let you talk about this a little bit. 
because a, a guy that is probably very near and dear to a lot of true Bronco fans' hearts, Demarius Thomas, did call it a career earlier this week and announced his retirement. He's retiring a Denver Bronco. Uh, played eight and a half seasons here because he got traded after week eight of that last season. But what is – first of all, do you agree with me that Demarius Thomas is kind of underrated in, as, in a, as, a, as a whole in the fan base? I know that there's Broncos fans that appreciate him, but I think as a whole, do you think he's a little bit underrated for what he was? As a fan base, no. We love him. As in general, yes. Because he's arguably – I would say it's him and Rod Smith as the two greatest Broncos receivers of all time. And, and that's, that's, that's the list right there. Demarius Thomas holds nearly every single record. And he, like, I, I mean, I, I tweeted it out once, once he announced retirement, but that Tebow play, that was, I'll, 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 I'll put, I'll tell you all a story. So I was, I was, I was at that game. I was at the game. My dad and I had tickets and uh, um, uh, we, uh, we may or may not have, uh, listened to that play call on the on the bus <laughs> because we were down by 10 with five minutes left my dad no i was a kid i had no say we're like we're gonna <laughs> listen to the rest of the game because at the time there was buses that we would bus to the game back and forth in our hometown or in our in our local city and we would bus from there so we listened to the because the buses didn't go until the game was over so we listened to it on the radio and I physically remember looking at my dad and be like, dad, what did we just do? And, and I, that play, that game was so much fun. I love those Tebow DT days. It was unfortunate. We don't talk about what happened the next week. Cause we got our asses kicked by 30, but, but that, that will go down as one of the top Denver sports moments, at least in, in, in the last 20 years, at least for Denver sports, because we there look there was defining moments in that Super Bowl run. There there definitely was, whether it be the CJ Anderson run or or the Von Miller strip sack when the Super Bowl, whatever. Most people, recent Broncos fans, when you think of one play and one moment that, that comes to mind right away of wow, I remember where I was when that happened, was the DT catch. And was that Tebow throw that 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 slant pattern that the Michael Thomas special over the top. And he just outruns the whole Pittsburgh Steelers team. And I could not be more happier for DT. He will be a ring of famer. Probably won't be a hall of famer, unfortunately, but he, he will have his name in mile high for the rest of his career. And um, it is, it is more than well deserving. I I'm so damn excited for him to get his, get his due because it's more than deserved. And yeah. I know. Sorry if I keep looking away, but we uh we have a no hitter watch for Herman Marquez right now. So oh and we're in the we're in the top we're in the top of the eighth with two outs. So you, at the end of the you show, better gonna, you better knock on wood like right. Knock like, on wood, yeah, we're knocking on wood because the announcers are not even supposed to mention that there's a possible. Hey, technically, you're the only one listening to this right now until it comes out, so <laughs> it doesn't really matter. Oh boy. Uh, real quickly to wrap up, Demarius Thomas uh, played eight and a half seasons in Denver where he got 665 passes for 9,055 yards and 60 touchdowns. He also made the playoffs four out of those eight seasons and won two, F two AFC championships and a Super Bowl. So he's obviously like he's clearly a ring of famer and he's a borderline fringe Hall of Famer. If they were able to win Super Bowl 48 and Super Bowl 50, I think there's a little bit more of a conversation, but especially for a receiver coming out of Georgia Tech, where you don't get the ball thrown to you in college to be able to transition into a legitimate NFL receiving threat. 
it's it's impressive for what he did. And DT, that's that play that you were talking about is also historical in an NFL sense because that's the first time that those playoff over those overtime rules were implemented that playoff run. And that was the first time that a game was ended on the very first play of overtime with the new rules. So it does go down in NFL history. It didn't matter about the new rules about having um, both teams get to touch it or whatever. If there's a field goal, it did not matter. DT and Tebow called game. Tebow mania was something wild. If you weren't in Colorado to experience it, you'll never fully understand it, but it was, it was crazy. I'm surprised your dad left knowing Tebow was the quarterback. My, my dad likes likes to make sure we beat the traffic. And if we're losing by 10 with five minutes left, it's very, very bleak. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Well, that's true. I, I guess I don't blame him too much. Uh, real quickly, before we go into the break, let's finish with most dominant team of the week. Um, and then we'll have bench warmer of the week on the other side. But who is your most dominant team of this past week? My most dominant team of the week, I, I tweeted about it at, at or on, on Tuesday night. My Germany lost. England has moved on to the – England is a fucking powerhouse. Harry Kane, Raheem Sterling. They had David Beckham in the stands. They had Ed, Ed Sheeran and David Beckham were sitting next to each other at the England-Germany game. I thought that was hilarious. And, and they, they have all the stars in England, and this England team is damn good. And, and I'm very, very excited to see what they do. I'm going to talk about them a little bit more in, in, another, in another segment, but – um, they're, they're a good team. It's unfortunate my Germany lost, but we still have Italy because, because I'm part Italian, Jimmy's Italian. So we got our Italians still a roof for. Her, so Viva Italy. Viva Italy. Viva yeah. Italia. Viva Italia. <clears throat> my most dominant team of the week is the Montreal Canadiens. Just for what they've been able to do, like I said, winning seven games in a row after being down 3-1 and then back-to-back series where you sweep a team that nobody thought you could beat. And then punking Vegas two games in a row where they had all of the momentum. They had all of the – they basically stole that series. When they won game five, they stole that series. Montreal Canadiens have been a wagon this postseason, and they're I, – I hope they come back and make the Stanley Cup final series an actual series. But that's my most dominant team of the week. Um, and then Nico had England as his most dominant team of the week for the Euro soccer tournament. But that's going to bring us to the break. Don't go anywhere. We still got a bunch of stuff to get to. Coming up on the second hour, you're listening to the Farner of the Bench here on the far, on the Unhinged Sports Network. Bench warmers of the Unhinged Sports Network, we have business to tend to. We are still partnered with Fanatics, the home for any kind of sports merchandise that you can think of. And Nico, tell the people what they can find if they go to the Fanatics app in our bio at FEOTB Pod. We got so much stuff you can get off Fanatics right now. NBA playoffs are about to start. NHL playoffs are starting as well. Both teams, you get any of your gear from Fanatics. Go get your jersey of fair team. If your team wins this a cup, go get your Fanatics gear. Uh, go get uh, go get the championship gear on Fanatics, excuse me. Um, we have baseball starting up as well. Our Rockies aren't the best, but you know what? There's all-star game gear on Fanatics. So if you're in the Colorado area, you want to go get um, some all-star game gear, go to the Fanatics, our Fanatics shop. And as well, man, the NFL draft just started. I know Jimmy's got his Joe Burrow jersey. Why don't you go get a Jamar Chase one now, those icy whites, or Go get yourself a Trevor Lawrence jersey, Justin Fields, or even if you're a Bronco fan, get you a Patrick Sertan number two. Yeah, there's a lot of great stuff. If you're a sports fan and you're not getting merchandise from Fanatics, I don't know what you're waiting for at this point. The best place to get all geared up, anything that you could want, any sport, any team, and it helps out the Unhinged Sports Network as well.
Two brothers. Both enter. Only one can leave. Hold on, wait a minute. That's not what we agreed on. This isn't a death match. What are you talking about? This isn't a death match. This is, not? This is just our podcast. What, what's our podcast called? Our podcast is the Dago Express. I told you this. All of this in an email. Oh, yeah. I don't check my email. Why don't you check? Why did you give me your email if you're not going to check your email? Well, it's just nice to give somebody something to write down. I thought you just wanted something to write down. No, that's not at all what I wanted you to do. Okay, well, tell me more about this podcast. This podcast is just a bunch of random nonsense. Me and you having a conversation with a microphone. That's all it is. Okay, and when can I listen to this podcast? Tuesdays at 11 a.m. And is it just going to be one place? No, it'll be on all your streaming platforms. <laughs> so it's two brothers, both enter, one microphone. See what happens. Yeah, I like that a lot better. Okay. Yeah, that's nice. We'll go with that. Welcome back, everybody, to the far end of the bench here on the Unhinged Sports Network. You just heard from Fanatics. Nico and I are going to be at the MLB All-Star Game, and they did just release their uh, hats and jerseys. We might have to hear about the jerseys. Actually, why not? That's a great – that's the best segment in the history of this show, uh, best transition that I've had in my career as a broadcaster slash podcaster. So why don't you tell everybody your bench warm of the week now that we mentioned the MLB All-Star uniforms? Oh, my God. What the fuck are we doing, MLB? A little we, – we – like, come on, man. These jerseys suck so badly. The hats here are even worse. I like you, you, you literally said, be like, you know what? We know we moved the all star game. You had fucking three months to figure it out, or two months, or however long it was since it was announced the Rockies are hosting. These are the fucking jerseys that Atlanta was obviously wearing 100%. There is nothing that says Colorado on it. Nothing. You could have fucking did the skyline like the Nuggets have. You could have done the fucking mountains. Instead, you said, we're going to keep the fucking same colors. You know what? On the white jersey, let's, let's, excuse me, let's add a floral pattern. Are we in Hawaii? <laughs> like, what are we doing? I was like, I was so excited because I was like, damn, I'm going to use the hell out of this fanatic stuff because I'm going to buy me a, buy me an all-star game Jersey with whoever the Rockies have for it. Cause I'm excited for it. Now I'm like, fuck, this sucks. The jerseys are awful. You can't, the lettering, the three letter abbreviation, you can't even read it cause they put the logo over it. And then look, I don't, I don't mind the two button up top, but it doesn't, it looks like a soccer Jersey. No offense yeah. to our friends that it's a, it's a glorified soccer Jersey. And the fact that they're wearing it for the all-star game too, like they're the Nike made a deal with the, when they made a deal with MLB, they said, you're going to use these all-star jerseys in the game. So it's no longer the, the, the home jerseys and the way jerseys. I had to look at these ugly pieces of shit for two days, three days, sorry, all three days. Cause we got tickets for all three days. And then the hats, the purple star I love, but just keep the same fucking logo. It's red. Why is it red? Why is the Rockies logo in red? Just why? Come on, man. It's 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 so bad. Like I'm I'm just at a loss for words. You 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 straight up said fuck Colorado. I'm just gonna fucking make money in Atlanta. And you, look, I would use the fanatics deal for everything else. Don't buy, look buy the shirt. I have a shirt. I, I bought a t-shirt that's in all purple that says MLB All-Star Day in Colorado. Buy that shirt on Fanatics. Don't buy the jerseys because the jerseys are just horrific. I'll say horrific. If, 
if you are a Braves fan, buy the jersey because you know I will say that it should be being hosted in your city. But I'm also not going to apologize for the fact that I get tickets to a the celebrity game, the home run derby, and the All Star game. So I'm not going to apologize for that. But uh, if you are a fan of not the Rockies, I would say that some of these teams, the All Star game, All Star jerseys, work for your team. So still use that Fanatics link that's in our bio. We'll talk more about Fanatics coming up because we got our new segment. And that's what the new segment is going to be presented and, by. And, as well. and I also have an honorable mention for Metro Movie because I want to put this in there too. Gary Bettman's a fucking idiot. His 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 end of the year postseason uh, press conference. He said we're not looking to go to the Olympics. Well, fuck that. And then he said the officiating has been the best it's ever been. No, the, he said the <laughs> the NHL officials are the best officials in oh, in the world. I was fucking like he's comparing I, I, them to the NBA and NFL officials too. The, the, the people sitting there listening had to laugh. Like had, they had to fucking crack a joke. I don't think they could have sat there with a straight face. And yeah, then, like, I, am is, I being punked? Is this, I is this, this real? This has got to, that has got to be a top 10 worst fucking all time press conferences I have ever heard. You straight up said, yeah. we're not growing the game because fuck the Olympics <laughs> next year. And then you said, we're our officiating is no problem after it has been this god awful. Oh my God. Oh, it's it, terrible. It, it is so bad. It's ter- I was listening to High Low on ColorCast the other night and they were talking about the officials and I said, what world do we live in where the NHL officials are worse than the NBA officials? It's <laughs> it's bad. NBA had officials that fucking bet on games, okay? Yeah, I would take that where... over what we're seeing in the Stanley Cup final right now and the, and the semifinal. The semifinal was god-awful. That was just bad all the way around. But Batman is, yeah. Oh, my God. He's lucky Manfred is fucking – idiot an idiot that's all i gotta say manfred makes batman look like a goddamn genius oh by the way they're keeping the helmet sponsorships but they're taking away the sponsorships on the jersey so batman's only leasing out half of the uniform for next season in the nhl i saw that too um my bench warmers of my bench warmers of the week it's an entire team the vegas golden knights you guys beat colorado everybody said all you got to do is beat colorado you're guaranteed a spot in the stanley cup final you couldn't even do that. You, you couldn't get past lowly Montreal, 57 points. You know, you scored 82 points in the season, right? You you had legitimately the best record in the NHL. We got one seed on a technicality. I'm admitting that all right now to you, just so that you feel twice as bad about the fact that you lost to Montreal. Not even in seven. They beat you in six on their on their ice in their barn. That's embarrassing, man. That's, that's bad. For as good of a team as they had, that's that's bad. I, I loved every second of it. I'm not going to lie. I loved every second. It was very nice. I'll tell you that. It was very nice. It made me feel better for what happened with the Avalanche. I said that already, but I'm going to say it again. Because if you even if you listen to me on the Teletabs, it is with Griffin. I was like, this, this sucks. This hurts. But if Montreal beats Vegas, I'll feel a whole lot better. And I was right. I said something right for once. Um, but that's our bench warmers of the week. Nico not happy with the all-star uniforms. And I just like to laugh at the Golden Knights. Yep, and then we're both agreeing on Batman being an idiot. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, obvious. Batman and Manfred, Man, Manfred, Monfart. Monfart. No, Monfart's the Monfart's that's, that's, the that's Rockies the owner for the Rockies. It, it yeah. all sounds the same. They all just suck. That's all. All I'm gonna say. Um, let's move on to what's brewing, presented by our friends at the High Alpine Brewing Company. Follow them at High Alpine Brew. Uh, hopefully, with everything starting to open up, when we talk to Scott. And our bonus episode, be sure to go back and listen to that. He said they might be distributing at least over the state. Hopefully that does come to fruition because they got great beer. Be sure to follow them, especially if you're on the Western Slope. 
Uh, you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? I haven't seen yours. You kind of had a look at mine. What do, what do you want to start with? I can go first here. So there was Olympic trials this past week. We had we had the track and field um, group announced. We had the USA gymnastics men's and women's team announced. The USA basketball team was announced. So we are, I think, I think we're two and a half, three or two and a half weeks, three weeks away from the Olympics starting. I got my team USA stuff on. I'm very, very excited for it to all start because Olympics are some of the best. It was one of the best sporting events. I would say arguably the best sporting event in the world every four years. And, and the, the USA gymnastics team, oh my God, we are going to sweep every single medal possible. Oh, we <laughs> got some, USA although the, the teams are fucking good. Yeah, I was looking at the wrestling roster. Our, our USA wrestling roster is badass too. So we're we're gonna sweep. We're gonna clean up at the Olympics. Herman lost the no hitter. Sorry. Um, fuck. Damn it. I, I I jinxed it. Damn it. All right. Well. Um. Sorry. Uh, to cut cut myself off there. But um. Yeah. Herman just went nine innings. Um. Looking for the 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 complete game shutout, but lost a no hitter in the ninth inning. Fuck the pirates. God damn it. Those, that idiot franchise, fuck Pittsburgh. But, um, so going with the Olympic trials. Yeah. I'm very, very, um, excited. Cause I mean, team USA, we get, we get Devin Booker, Dame, Katie, Kevin Love should not probably not be on the roster, but he's there. Um, you have Bam Adebayo, you have Bradley Beal, um, Zach Levine, this team, I mean, Draymond, throw Draymond in there. This team is just stacked, and, and we are going to take so many medals. We are going to Who's, who's coaching basketball? Because Coach K said he's not doing it it's this year, Popovich, right? Greg Popovich. Popovich. Uh, Popovich yeah. Uh, I think Popovich, Trading Coach K for Popovich is not that bad. Yeah, I, I think that's, that's a pretty good trade-off. I think that should be all right. They should still be pretty good. And gymnastics, and like I, I, was, I was talking about the wrestling team, because – we're still doing. I gotta. We did, gotta watch along a PLL game, and we gotta watch along Olympic wrestling. I was watching some of the highlights because they're at the world tournaments. USA wrestling is just dominating. So it's gonna be. We're gonna have a lot of gold in our future coming up in the about, first couple yeah. weeks of August. Um, my what's brewing? <laughs> Are you familiar with Joe Schilling? Like, have you kind of? I know that you kind of listen to the Joe Rogan podcast. But I, have you heard I am when, a little bit, but not much. So. <clears throat> Joe Schilling is a professional kickboxer. He's one of those kickboxers that decided oh, he wasn't learning he, enough. Yeah, he, he's he's friends with uh, Shab, right? And yeah, yeah, yeah he yeah, was yeah, he's yeah. he's friends with all those guys. Uh, but when he was learning kickboxing, he actually went to Thailand and learned from the Thais and actually fought a couple of professional fights out there. Kind of going back to what we were talking about with these dumbass fans and and what Dom and I talked about because we we watched the video of the Oklahoma receiver getting his ass kicked by that dude at the bar. You really shouldn't walk around being a jackass. Like you should be on your P's and Q's because you, especially at this point, you never know what somebody else has studied. There was a video of this guy kind of like dancing. You could tell he was hammered and it seemed like maybe he was bothering the other people at the bar. Joe Schilling was walking around the corner, coming back from like the bathroom or something. And he kind of stopped this guy, like put his hands on him and moved him to the side because he didn't want to bump him as he was going. And this guy was all over the place, kind of chested up on Joe Schilling, who, like I said, world-class kickboxer, professional kickboxer, and flinched. And before he even finished the flinch, Joe Schilling hit him with a left and a right. And this dude, like Joe Schilling threw an extra punch on the ground. He dropped so fast that the one, two, three didn't land. He just landed the one and two and then threw the three. And this guy was already out on the floor and you see him stand over him. The, the woman behind him who was with the guy dancing at the bar is like, Oh my God, what happened? But the video 
everybody should look it up. Maybe I'll, I should tweet it out from our, uh, I think I might've retweeted it on our Twitter, but if not, I'll, I'll definitely tweet it out again. Don't be a jackass. You might find a guy like Joe Schilling who's not there to talk and not there to chest up. He's just there to throw hands. And then you end up on the internet forever as the guy who got his ass knocked out by a professional kickboxer. Rule of thumb, never, ever fight someone that, that A, looks intimidating, or B, has some sort of background in fucking martial arts. Doesn't matter what it is, just fucking stay away. Cauliflower ears, sleeve tattoos. This guy, the way you can tell Joe Schilling, especially the kind of kickboxer he is, he has his shins tattooed because he's beating the crap out of his shins and deadening the nerves on his shins so much. It was it was a fun video to watch, but then you got to think about the fact that that guy woke up and he's thought, oh, I just passed out drunk. And then he has to look on Twitter the next day and be like, oh, no, I was a jackass and got my ass knocked out by Joe Schilling at the bar. It probably lost his girlfriend. It's just not a good idea if you're that guy. Don't be that guy. I don't think the bench warmers are that guy. But if you are planning on being that guy, don't be it. Don't. don't it's not it. worth it. Hey, I'm it's, sorry. Right now. You're, you're not that guy, pal. You're not that guy. You're, you're not that guy. This video is the epitome of you're not that guy. Don't don't worry. You're not that it. guy, pal. You're not that guy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's move on now. Off the Hinges, presented by the Unhinged Sports Network. Follow them at Network Unhinged on Twitter. Um, and I'll go first on this one because it, it's similar to uh, – we talked about Carl Nassib quite a bit. But there are some I've seen not much, but there's some reaction as uh, what's the – like what's the deal? Like what's the significance – and it goes, the people who are saying that I think are, are kind of trying to argue like we are in so much of a better place. And the fact that Carl Nassib felt comfortable enough that he was able to make that video and announce that to the world is, is good progress. And it shows that there is progress. But I don't think that we should diminish the importance and the diminish the just the fact that he did this. Like that took a lot of guts and a lot of courage he did this. Let's not take away from anything. Let's kind of let him have his moment. And I'm with you. Hopefully he backs it up on the field because if he backs it up on the field, it makes the situation even that much more, but it's a big deal. So don't who cares or what's the significance of this. It's a significant moment. Just enjoy it and try and learn about it because that's some, if you don't know about this, if you're not educated on the situation, this is a great chance for you to educate yourself on the situation. So that's the, that was my, I basically just want to tell people like, Take another step. Take a second. Think about what's going on here, and then react. Don't just react off the cuff. I don't hate that one at all. My off the hinges. There are some media members that are just throwing blasphemy out. Talk about Jay Williams. He reported that KD, uh, the KD and Giannis situation, whatever, and and that KD doesn't want to be the Batman, and KD didn't like that very much. And then there was a situation that came out about Kyrie. And or not not Kyrie. Oh my God, who was it? There, there, there are there are like four or five different media members right now. There's there's Jackie McMullen in Boston who who fucking hates Kyrie basically because Kyrie left Boston. And she reported on him and his his situation. KD, same thing. There are NBA media reporters just falsely putting stories out just for the fucking views and clicks. And we are like, like we, I'm not, I'm not going to cap. We, Jimmy and I, we, we put thumbnails out there so you can click on it. Like I, I try to do my best to appease the audience, but there's a, there's, there's levels to this. You, you should not report things that, that go out of context that, that, that you are, downing someone bad in a certain situation that 
It should never happen. And I hope this is a wake-up call to the ESPN reporters, especially because it's gotten bad, really bad, to the point where we are talking so bad about cities and we're talking about players in different contexts, like they know each other, but they don't. And I hope we can just get past that real quick because this is not – it's not a good situation. It doesn't end well for anybody when you just ring out bad bad allegations or, or you create stories that have no evidence backed up. Yeah, I, as somebody who uh, I've always wanted to be in that media space, like we, you said, we clickbait a little bit, but at least everything that winds up in most of the thumbnails, the only one that we had something that we didn't talk about was last week because we recorded early. But most of the time, what we have in our thumbnail and what we have in the title is what we actually talk about. Or we have some sort of factual knowledge base. Like we're not, we could come on this podcast and say, oh, I heard Kevin Durant say this about somebody and say that we have a source because that's basically all it takes. That's what these ESPN and other people are doing. That's not how journalism works. That's a good way to get your ass thrown in jail. Like throw in, think about the Shannon Sharp situation. Shannon Sharp should be in prison. That's a, that's a, a crime that he committed, especially in California. Like you can get news stories, like news stories happen. You don't have to manufacture shit. People, and when you manufacture shit, it, it makes you look bad. Exactly. And people are, because of all social media and, and the new wave of all this, people are so like, I got to be the first to it. That's, that's why people just make these, make these stories and everything so they can be the first to it and be the first one to release it. And then they get their credits. Oh. We are, I mean, social media is a great place to get news and, and whatever it may be. But if you're starting to just try to be the first person first person to news on something to to have the story or whatever then you are just doing it for the wrong things yeah and they also try and use like because when you do something like that and then if you are called out on it then you also get that piece of content to come out and say oh i was mistaken or i had a wrong source so they're using it like this is all calculated everybody that does this knows what they're doing um it's just getting like really sleazy. I'm glad that the NBA players are starting to stand up for themselves. Hopefully all the other players start standing up for themselves too, because uh, basically they don't get a, they don't get the ability to make their own personality in the media that it's dictated to them. And now that's the other, that's the good thing about this, the social media in this situation is that the players are able to call these reporters on their bullshit and that's what is needed to happen. So that was, I like that off the hinges too. Now, Let's move on to our new segment. You, this is a, I mean, you basically come up with, with all of the segments that we do on this show, but this one, fact or cap, presented by fanatics.com, which you can go get some caps on fanatics.com, link in our bio at FEOTB pod. Why don't you explain what this segment is going to be? And then I'll kind of tee you up for the story of what our first conspiracy is going to be. What is fact or cap? So fact or cap is where Jimmy and I, one of us each different week needs for this week. It's I brought the first one to the table. We, 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 we look up different, different sports conspiracies. It could be basketball, football, hockey, baseball, MMA, tennis, golf, whatever. It doesn't matter. And we bring it to the table and we're like, we, we discuss it. Do you think it could be true? Do you think it, it could, that, and that, then at the end, we decide, is there a chance this could be a fact or is it cap, no child at all? And then we didn't, and, and that, that's, that's where the fact of cap comes in. So we'll have conspiracies each different week. Mine's, mine's the first week. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Like we said, we're getting the off season mode and we can only talk so much about baseball. 
So we got to throw in lots of different stories, lots of different fun things in here. So Fats and Caps, a new segment. Yeah, and we're going to be putting this one. I think this should be a staple on our YouTube channel as well because we have that. We might as well continue to pump content out through there. That being said, for our first factor cap, <clears throat> if you're yeah. in a diet, go ahead. One of the one of the, probably the biggest sports conspiracies out there right now. Yeah, well, I was I was good. I was going to say if you're a diehard NBA fan, you've known about this for a while. I think a lot of people that are probably listening to this might be like me, where they kind of heard about this story firsthand through the Last Dance documentary that came out last year when we were all uh, jonesing for sports content, and they said, "Here's Michael Jordan. Have fun." We just devoured that shit. In 1993, Michael Jordan retired pretty suddenly after completing his first repeat, um, seemingly like it was his own decision and he was just going to go on and, and try and play professional baseball. Um, like I said, we've seen Space Jam, we've seen The Last Dance. That's what we kind of know. But you think that there might be more to this story that, that people might not know because so, Michael Jordan... Go Michael ahead. Jordan is the holy grail of sports. You talk When you talk about the biggest athletes of all time in sports you think of michael jordan you think of babe ruth you think of muhammad ali and i i mean you could probably throw tom brady into that conversation we're talking about football people tom brady could probably be in the conversation but those are the people you think about and there were rumors and there were things that came out obviously jordan had a very 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 or very uh, vindictive or personality where he bet on everything golf he bet on he bet on fucking throwing nickels against the wall against his body his guards he bet on uh or or cards he bet on so many different things and the rumors and some of the conspiracy the main conspiracy is michael jordan was forced to retire because the nba needed to suspend him here we go here so this is this is where it gets interesting so jordan after that 93 season he got caught with all gambling stuff. He got caught saying he had all these debts and these associations that he did not pay. And the NBA had a very, obviously this was when the Pete Rhodes stuff was coming out too. And this was around all that time. And the sports gambling thing was at a point where the NBA needed to almost remove Michael Jordan from the field. But they told him, they, they basically, it'd be very, very difficult to suspend Michael Jordan for two years. And tell him not to play basketball. So they went to Michael Jordan and said, we cannot suspend you. But what you need to do is you need to retire and do some other stuff on the side. And then you can come back, whatever. But it must be two-year hiatus, must miss two complete – it was two complete seasons. Basically, when the second season ended, Michael Jordan was like, I'm back. And – there was, there was rumors and things because, I mean, obviously the situation with his dad and, and possibly how he was killed was possibly because of his gambling. And Michael Jordan's gambling was very, very bad. So, there, so the conspiracy is that Michael Jordan was never the – fir the first retirement was because he was initially suspended by the NBA. So he had to retire. So the NBA didn't have the, the, the cloud that they suspended the GOAT of their sport. You know, mute there, but the, yeah, the first the first argument that I I'm gonna I'm actually like I'm on I'm kind of on the side of this conspiracy theory. My first argument would be going back to what we said about the NBA and 
and the comparison that we've had with the NBA and the NFL, the NBA drives their revenue based on the stars that they have on the court. The NFL drives their revenue based on the laundry that the teams wear on the field. That's how it is. You care way more about your NFL team than you actually care about guys playing in the NBA. In the NBA. That's, that's why I kind of go with the NFL can suspend Tom Brady for the deflate gate thing because, you know, the, they're making a point that the NFL is bigger than all. Michael Jordan was so much bigger than basketball. The NBA just didn't have the power to do like, there's no way I, who is the commissioner. It was their old commissioner. It, it I know uh, David Stern at the time. Yeah. David Stern. There was no way, especially with the relationship that David Stern had with MJ and giving him all the MVP trophies and everything like that. David Stern was not going to stand in front of everybody and go, we had to suspend the greatest player in our sport because he's a degenerate gambler, possibly got his dad killed and possibly has some debts that uh, hasn't, he hasn't paid off. And we need to make sure that he's not on the court because we just saw MLB ban Pete Rose for life. And we can't do that with Michael Jordan. The, it's, it, was a P, it would be a PR nightmare. There's no coming back from that. Imagine that in this era with, with social media and everything. If, if LeBron was caught in that situation and the NBA had to for life him or two years or whatever, it would be fucking headline news everywhere. And yeah. Jordan was not only basketball. He was the face of sports. Everybody in the world knew who Michael Jordan was. Everybody revered him because his greatness and the Air Jordan and the, and the, and the shoes and everything else. And what makes it so interesting was the fact that he went and played baseball. The, the fact he went and played baseball made me think that this conspiracy may be less true because he did have, his dad did want him to play baseball originally. And that was his first technically love. That's what made me question a little bit. But at the same time, I'm thinking, why, why, like at the time it was Bo Jackson and I think Deion Sanders were the only two that did the dual sports. And mm-hmm. to go over and play baseball, it was a it was the ability to do both, because basketball ends around. This is, I know this year is a weird year, but usually ends around the end of May, beginning of June, and that would mm-hmm. be after the first month of baseball. So there was a possibility you could have done both. At that time, it would it wouldn't have been that weird, and come back finish the baseball season before the NBA started, and that's why I'm like. I think this could be closer to truth. We just got to tread water though, because Jordan is, is, is like, you want to talk about Michael Jordan. You got, you got to be careful <laughs> because mm-hmm. that, that is the holy grail. That is the, 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 the glass ball. Like you got to be careful. That's why I'm so weary talking about this because you don't want to, you don't want to talk bad about the logo, the, not the logo, the man, the myth, the legend that is number 23. Because yeah. there, there are a few people on this earth that have the presence that Michael Jordan has whenever he steps in a room. Like, it is just different. And I, I'm going to go along the side that, to me, I'm going to say it's cap because I think the NBA, I think there was a reasoning behind Jordan doing the Space Jam stuff doing baseball. I think there was a, he wanted to do that. I think he wanted to do that. And I think there was a point where he was pissed off with Phil Jackson and Scottie Pippen at the time. And through all that, I think there was, there was some beef between him and obviously Jerry Krause last dance. I think he wanted to almost stand him up too. So I'm going to go on the side that it's cat. That's not true because of his, 
because of his long-standing relationship with Jerry Krause and how and how much he despised that man and blah 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 and that he wanted to do other things and then when he realized that there was still a chance for him to be in his prime he decided i'm just gonna come back so i'm gonna i'm gonna go on side of cap man i um i'm not normally in on the conspiracy theories but i'm gonna go ahead and outside with this one as fact because you you say that there might be might have been some other reasonings as to what I feel like the other reasonings as to why the situation happened were almost too perfect. Like he went and started playing baseball because he just finished a three peat and he was over playing basketball. But then they gave him the movie Space Jam to worry about during this time. They gave let him play baseball. Like yes, it was only in the minors, but they laid, they let him play baseball while he couldn't play basketball. I will say that I don't think Michael Jordan put himself in this situation purposely. I don't think that he woke up and was like, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and get in a bunch of gambling debt, make sure the the NBA has to suspend me for two years. I'm going to go play baseball in space jam. And you know what, my, there's going to be something, an incident that happens with my father and he's going to be murdered on the side of the highway. This is, this is what I'm setting out to do intentionally. I don't think that's what happened. I just think, you know, people with addictions, they don't have the ability to know when to stop. And it, it seems like it's far-fetched, but it really gets to a point where all of this stuff could snowball in just the right way. And holy crap, Michael Jordan has to retire in 1993 after he just won back-to-back-to-back championships. Yeah. And the fact that he came back and won another three-peat. So, like, he proved, you know, I could have done this. I could have won eight in a row if I wanted to, but I just, you know, I had those two seasons where I couldn't play. It's, it's, I mean, it's a wild one. It, it definitely, I, I would say it's one of the wildest sports conspiracies out there because the NBA has been known to do things behind, behind, behind closed doors, whether it be, I mean, we'll talk about more. There's a lot of NBA conspiracies that are fun to talk about that we'll, that we'll continue to go on and have, but there's, there's, this one is just so interesting because it's the, it's one of the goats of this sport and probably one of the goats of all sports and the way he abruptly retired and then came back. It was just weird. It's just weird. That's all. We would yeah. never see that. I mean, we saw it kind of with Brett Favre, but that, that was a completely different story where he retired, unretired, retired, unretired. That was a completely different story. But I, it, it's just weird because that area with Pete Rose and that betting scandal, scandal and all that, it was just, it's just a weird timing. Yeah. And imagine if they had that, if they had to, if they did suspend Jordan for gambling and then they had the thing with the referee come like the, it was, it would have been like 10 to 15, five, five years later. Because It was uh Don, well, it came out 10 years later, but the report with the Tim Donaghy wasn't like 2001 to 2003. That would have been like NBA would be in shambles if that happened. So I, David Stern did the right thing in letting Michael Jordan retire to serve a suspension. If that is what happened, you, let us know at FEOTV pod. Let us know if you think this one is factor cap. Did MJ retire because he just wanted to go try play baseball and shoot the movie or did the NBA make him serve a suspension in retirement? Quote unquote. That's our first factor cap segment presented by fanatics.com. Remember link is in our bio also at FEOTV pod. And now uh, we get to talk about uh, some sports betting. I was actually around the sports book last week and uh, I didn't put any money. We tried to put money on the, the Spain, the Portugal, the Portugal, Portugal, not moving Portugal, on. 
except my that, dumb ass didn't realize that three teams sometimes make the next. I, I was thinking of the World Cup and how only top two teams make it and the third team never makes it. But there's a reason why those odds are a plus 1,000. Those two good to be true. <laughs> yeah, uh, and they didn't even have that betting line open. We were at, in the Park MGM Sportsbook. They didn't have that one. So he ended up putting money on uh, – I think he bet France in the game and then, like, Spain to win the group or something like that. I'm not I'm not even sure exactly. But we did – I did witness some sports gambling last week. So let's go ahead and give people some good ones to uh, to think about this week. And my first one, I will – I'm going to put the caveat on this. I don't necessarily know if this one's going to hold out. But if you're a fan of the San Francisco Giants and you think that they're legit, plus 450 to win the NOS right now, I mean, that's about as big a line as you're probably going to get. If you truly do think that the Giants are this good, this is as big of a line as you're going to be able to get. If they are this good, it's going to shrink. And if they are what I think everybody knows they are, it's going to explode and it's not even going to be worth putting money on. So plus 450 is about the odds that I can get behind this thing. Any yeah, bigger, I would say hell no. I think I either put that in last week for myself or two weeks ago. It was like plus 700. So obviously something has changed that the odds were are changing towards San Francisco. Like people are starting to take those odds, but the Dodgers have won eight straight NLS. That's, yeah, that's all and uh, the Padres are also getting pretty hot right now too. The Padres just swept the Dodgers in the series that they had last week. Hey, Rocky so swept the Padres two weeks or a week and a half ago. No, yeah, and Herman Marquez had a perfect or a no hitter going into nine That's innings against the Pirates. Like, yeah, Pirates are. Yeah, there's talking about trash organization. We're bad. At, We're at least Pittsburgh. we aren't the Pittsburgh Pirates. Thank That's you. True. Yeah, I'll always take the chance to slander the Pittsburgh sports markets. Um, what's your first beat of the week? My first beat of the week. So we talked about the Masters. The Masters is my pinnacle for golf. Well, let's talk about my pinnacle for tennis. Wimbledon is here, ladies and gentlemen. Wimbledon, my favorite tournament to watch during the summer. Wimbledon is by far and away must-watch TV. I watch nearly every single match sometimes. I, I was one of the few people that watched the John Isner versus, versus Mahout gate match that lasted three full days. Because Wimbledon is weird how the last set, you have to win by two games. And if you don't win by two games, it just keeps going on and on and on. And regular matches, they, it, there's a tiebreaker at the end of the fifth set. And it just it took three days. Let's just put it that way. Just look up Mahout versus Isner. That's all you got to do because that match was insane. But Wimbledon, is, I believe, starts this weekend. I, I'm so damn excited. Look, the Masters has the royalty behind it. Wimbledon has the exact same. Everybody has to wear all white. You can only wear a few sponsors. You can't deck out in, in Coca-Cola hats or whatever. Like, you have to wear, dress a certain way at the tournament. You have to dress cordial. Um, it's 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 like that. that is a bucket list for me 100%. And I, I can't I, – I, hopefully one day I'll get to watch it in person. But my – First or my only Wimbledon line I have right now, I'll have more of the beast come along as it goes along, but my GOAT, Roger Federer, versus Novak Djokovic in the Wimbledon final, those odds right now are plus 700. Why not? Why not give me the, the two GOATs of this era? Right? I mean, you can throw an adult to that conversation too, but Federer versus Djokovic, Federer, who is basically the, the grass master because he loves playing on grass at Wimbledon. People don't, don't tell us they play on grass. 
grass. I know it's weird to think about. They play on grass, and and the uh, and and he is the master on grass. And Djokovic has been this dominant force for a year now, a year plus now. So I I'm, I would love to watch that final, but Djokovic for Federer for the Wimbledon final at plus seven hundred. Yeah, and the games did start. The, that grass is not forgiving right now. I've seen two knee injuries. Serena got had a knee injury she had to pull out, and then uh, one of the men's players that I don't know the name of because I'm one of those people who I don't even watch tennis when, like, everybody else watches tennis. I, I don't even think if that was the last sport on, it'd probably be on, but I still wouldn't understand any of it. But that grass looks like it's going to be pretty rough this year. So the underdogs might be good line as the tournament goes on. Who, who knows what's going to happen with the – the fortnight that is Wimbledon tennis. Uh, my next line, you're not going to be happy with. CU is getting absolutely disrespected. They're over under for football this season. It's four and a half wins. People are, and, and by the way, it's plus 100 that they get over four and a half wins. I'm going to have to take those odds. Well, that's because the quarterback transferred out and they got, they got some question marks. I'll tell you that. All I know is, the but it's the Pac-12. Like, you, yeah. how can you not win five games in the Pac-12? I mean, I mean, uh, Arizona State can never do that. So, ASU sucks at as it sucked at football for a few years now. Or you can talk about uh, um, oh, I can't really. Say, I'd say Stanford. I'm gonna pull. I'm gonna pull up. Uh, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and pull up the uh, Oregon State. There you go. Oregon State sucks every year. <laughs> I th- I'm gonna try and see. I don't. What I don't. The- I don't. I'm. I'm not too optimistic about them. All I know is I'm gonna watch the games because we got two friends on the team that will be starting. One will be a captain, and John and, and Dimitri could be drafted honestly, because um, he's gonna be the number one receiver at CU. So it's, it should be fun to watch. I might, might. We may have to go up and catch a game or something. But yeah, it's yeah. It's not. They're not gonna have a great season. I would say over four and a half wins, but. I don't know. The you know, well, the the last full season that the Pac-12 had, the last place teams both won four games only. But CU won five games that year, and that was the last full season. I think like they 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 had a strong end to the season, and the coach. Now that it's not Mel Tucker, I have a lot more faith in Colorado's football team. So I like plus one hundred for them to win over four and a half games. I don't think that's too far fetched. Yeah, I mean, I don't hate that at all. What's your uh, what's the next line that you got here? My, my next line, we, we joke about three one leads. I'm not gonna personally take this one, but I think these odds are pretty good. Clippers are plus four to ten to win the series versus Suns. I mean, what, um, look, we talked we talked about three one leads are the worst leads in sports, but and and plus four ten, those are really good odds. <laughs> Mark Very, it down, ladies and gentlemen. Those are June 29th. Nico is saying bet on the Clippers because that's a good line. That's a great line. Uh, I I hope the Suns win, but that is a fantastic line. I was expecting after they won game five to be at like plus 200 or whatever, plus 410. That's that's very intriguing. And if they win game six, that line, they may be the favorites in game seven. That'd be very interesting. Get on that now, because if they do push it to seven, that's going to change drastically. Uh, go ahead, double up, and give give your third beat of this week, and I'll give you mine after after uh, my, you, you give your last one. My third one, I, I gave England some praise that they were the 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 that they were the team of the week or whatever, and that they they are um, 
they're rolling. But I am going to say England to be the runner-up. I think it is not coming home, ladies and gentlemen. It is not coming home. Everyone in England, you can relax. It's not coming home yet. It's coming home eventually, but not yet. And I think they lose in the finals in heartbreak fashion because I think Italy is too good. I think Belgium is a bunch of studs. Spain has has the firepower. England is good. I think they make it to the finals, but they won't seal the deal. They won't seal the deal. England never seals the deal. This is the first time they beat Germany in a world tournament. That's the Euros or the or or the Euros, the Olympics, and the uh, World Cup since 1966. <laughs> Since 1960, yeah, they're not, they're not gonna win. All. I'm sorry, it's not coming home. It's not coming home. You, you had all those Euro, Euros memes going on our timeline today. I had no clue what was going on. I was like, uh, did Germany win or did Germany lose? I, I, I don't, I'm not sure. Yeah. Needless okay. to say, I'm not paying much attention to the Euros. I, I follow hey, what you guys say on Twitter. I'm, when I work at home, I throw the TV on, and you know, there's some soccer on, some football. The, uh, there's some uh, European football on. You gotta watch it, you know. <laughs> I'd rather watch paint dry, to be honest. No, no offense. If you're a soccer fan, insert name FC and Unhinged FC. Those are two great shows that you guys should check out. Uh, my last betting line: I'm going north of the border, eh? The Calgary Stampeders to win the 2021 Grey Cup, plus four fifty. We're pulling out Canadian Football League odds now. That's what you know we do our homework. Because <laughs> I don't – I don't – I have – I will raise my hand and say I have never watched a second of Canadian football. Like, not one second. I've watched Arena football, but that's the most amount of football I've watched outside of NFL and college football. And I guess high take, school we go in there too. Take Arena football, but instead of it being 50 yards and inside – it's 110 yards and way outside, but it's three downs. Everybody throws on every single down. It's three um, downs? I, yeah, it's three downs, and it's 110 yards. Uh, that is just I, wild to me. I thought Johnny Manziel was going to be really good in it because it's a run-and-gun style league. Um, yeah, it's just it. – I just uh, – I Calgary is the second favorite to win the Grey Cup. Saskatchewan is number one. Saskatchewan's like a powerhouse, I know, in the CFL. And the other thing that everybody should know about the CFL is last year, Winnipeg – or not last year, it was 2019. Winnipeg won their first Grey Cup in like 25 years, and there was a fan of the team in Winnipeg. I can't even think of what their name is for the CFL. But he did not wear shorts for those entire 28 years in between champion – or did not wear pants for those 28 years in between championships. And he lives in Manitoba, Canada. That's pretty It gets impressive. cold. That's pretty impressive. I'll tell you, that's very impressive. So uh, I'm going with the Stampeders this year to win the Great Cup, though. I just, I'm a Calgary Stampeders fan. If I do watch CFL football, that's, I'm probably going to lose a good portion of our Canada listeners for saying that, but go Stampeders. Is is, is that Elk team? Is that one of the teams or whatever? Yeah, the Edmonton Elk. Yeah, that is a CFL team, but I think they were like, it is really weird, but. When I was looking, I think they were plus 800 to win the Grey Cup. I I don't think that the Eskimos, because they used to be the Edmonton Eskimos, and then they had to rebrand because of the Natives thing. I don't think that they were that good before they changed their name to the Eskimos or the, the Elk. Yeah. So yeah. I don't think they're going to be very good after. Yeah, usually when you change your team name, your team sucks. So <clears throat> Washington. But, um, now let's wrap up episode 47. 47. 
five more and we hit a year. That's in, that's crazy to think about. Um, crazy. Three let's get players. Almost, we've been grinding for a while. Grinding all my life, it feels like, but it, it's only been about a year. Player, player and play of the week. Uh, let's start with play of the week, and mine's out there, so I'm just gonna go ahead and get it, get it, get it out there into the world. James Conrad at the 2021 World Disc Golf Championships, 252 feet from the pin. He is down by one stroke. This is his opening shot, so the only chance that he has of tying this thing and forcing a playoffs playoff is, is he gets a hole in one. The hole is not even straight; it's a dog curve to the left or as he's standing there to the it's to the right this dude james conrad throws 252 and bangs the chains as hard as possible if for people not in the know banging chains is what you say when when you put the ball put the disc in the net in disc golf but yeah (laughs) yeah he's banging some chains and he forced a playoff and he went on to win the world disc golf championships down a stroke on the last hole, he needed – he was like, oh, I just hope I put this close so I can throw it in and one and get second because he had like a two-stroke lead on the guy in second. Now he's like, ah, I'm going to win it. That, that that was electric. I didn't see that. That was very, very electric. I'll have to give you that. Did you know that they have a, a broad I, – I didn't know that they had broadcasters for the World Disc Golf Championships. I, I that knew, was a whole field that I didn't even know. I knew there was a lead, and I knew there was there – was, because we got we have a we have a goddamn uh, axe throwing league professional league. There's like there's leagues for everything. Like, like just just Google Google whatever weird sport you find online, and there's a professional league for it. Uh, but yeah, that yeah. that was a, the crowd going nuts too. That was that was sick. Yeah, it was one of the. If you put the right music behind it, that becomes epic. I know it's just a guy throwing a frisbee and a guy with a long ponytail at that throwing a frisbee, but hey. It, He's a he's, he's an athlete. That was an athletic competition, and it was a great moment over the weekend. So that's my play of the week. What's your play of the week this week? I'm going to say two of them because one happened tonight as we were recording. But I'm going to say this one first. So Kylian Mbappe, France, had a chance to win. They got knocked out in the round of 16 on penalty kicks. They were up 3-1. to one. Up 3-1. to one. Three one leads broken with with 15 minutes left and Switzerland comes back and win, and comes back and ties it. Then they go to PKs at the end. And Kylian Mbappe for people who aren't biggest soccer fans, this kid's like 21 years old and is already like the best soccer player in the world. He is right up there with Messi and Ronaldo as a top five soccer player in the world. He is just unreal. And he steps up for the PK. It is all tied throughout. No one has missed a goal. That and it's like a hockey shootout. Once you get to the fifth, fifth one, if the other team makes it, the other team has to make it or they lose. He's the last person to step up. And let me, let me make sure I say his name right. Um, something or in, in something summer is his last is his name. Goalie steps up, stops one of the best scorers in, in the world in Kylian Mbappe and saves it. And Switzerland upsets France. I believe it was like a, Plus eight, it was like a plus two thousand uh, odds. Uh, unfortunately, I was traveling while while it was going on, but uh, for me to take that, it was plus two thousand odds for Switzerland to win when France went up three one, and he came back with balls of steel and saved one of the best players in the world's shot, and and they upset the reigning World Cup champions. And I mean, you know, 
Yeah, that 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 was just insane. Yeah, that was a great meme too. That guy, the Switzerland fan who was like in despair, and then they he stops it, and all of a sudden the tarp's just off and just. Ah, just mind. It was a guttural. That's that's what sports brings. Those guttural reactions where you just scream. You just need to scream. Um, yeah. Player of the week. Now. Just, then let me let me say my last one because I do. Oh right, right. I forgot there. about yeah. Because I want to throw this in there. Herman Marquez, like we said. There's no header got lost in ninth inning. But Trevor Story, the guy who's in the home run derby, who is going to be a Rocky for probably a month longer, maybe less, and and he made the save of the year. He jumped up like 12 feet off there, grabbed a game-saving, almost no-hitter saving catch in the eighth inning and just insane play jumping up off the ground. It, it was a great catch. It would have been all over ESPN if the no hitter would have came to true fruition. That would have been right up there with Burley, the, the Burley uh, no hitter catch, um, and, and the all different things for no hitters. But fortunately, it didn't happen because the Coors effect always comes into play somehow. But yeah, Trevor Story with the with the jumping leaping catch to try to secure the no hitter was awesome. Yeah, and that was also, too, I mean, it's bittersweet every time Trevor has a good play now because he's just showcasing himself for whatever team is going to trade for him. And it's it's painful because he's maybe, not going to finish the season in purple. But Maybe, maybe there's a chance. There's rumors that he, we may not trade him because we can throw arbitration on him, and that means we automatically get a first-round pick. So question is, would you rather get a prospect or would you rather – like a like a maybe prospect or would you rather get a first round pick? So that's, I don't know. I, I'm still holding out hope because this Rockies team, if they figured out, if they were 500 on the road, we'd be in the wild card position. Cause we're good at home. We are very good at home. We just, we are like the Diamondbacks lost 20 in a row on the road. We have a worse world record than the Diamondbacks. And they've lost 20 in a row on the road. <laughs> we've won six games on the road. I think maybe, or maybe it's seven by now, but we've won six games on the road and they've won 10. We just know how to space them out, I guess. <laughs> oh, it's, ours is, our road play is terrible. We lost the lead twice playing on the road against the Brewers in Milwaukee. It was lost it twice in one game where we lost the lead. And it was yeah. like seventh plus inning that we lost the lead. Yeah, it's it's just tough. And and I saw a great tweet. And and this is 100% facts. Everyone that says differently is just lying to yourself. The Rockies if they had a competent general manager from 2016 to now would be a World Series favorite. DJ Mayhew, Arenado, Trevor Story, Charlie Blackman, Ryan Maltapia, um, Ryan McMahon. This team, that team, there there's four or five all David Dahl, he was still on the team. That's a team that's a fucking World Series contender. Herman Marquez playing as good as he is. John Gray, Kyle Freeland back. This team, if they had the three players that they fucking let, or I'm th- three players they let go and one that they're about to, would be a World Series favorite. That's that's the worst part about this. Hopefully it's better for the future, and that whoever they bring in as the general manager moving forward is going to realize that, but it yes, hasn't it- been great so far. Give give good old uh, number seventeen a call or number thirty three a call because I think Todd Todd Helton or Larry Walker could possibly turn this general manager and and this team around. That would be amazing. Get one of the two greatest of the of the franchise. 
that's exactly what they would need. Uh, my player of the week, Cole Goal Caulfield. Man, the 20-year-old kid who was taking exams at the University of Minnesota like three weeks ago before the playoffs started, got the call to go up to Montreal. Didn't play until the elimination game in game five. And since then, he's put up nine points in those 16 games. And he doesn't really put up as flashy numbers as you would like for a guy, but he makes an impact. Like he's a 5'9", 165 pounds. He's slicing through defenses. He was able to get behind that huge defensive line from Vegas. He could be the X factor for this Montreal team trying to beat Tampa Bay, but a 20 year old kid playing on the biggest stage of his life for the most storied franchise in the NHL. This dude's got balls of steel. He was the 15th pick, by the way. The only reason, so I'll do a backstory real quick. The Avs had the Ottawa pick during his draft, and we had the fourth overall pick. And at the time, we were rumored for Caulfield. Like, Caulfield was one of the people we were rumored for. We obviously ended up with Camel Carr. I think we're pretty happy with that. I would say so. But um, Caulfield, yeah, yeah, Caulfield dropping to 15. This is, I mean, I hate to make comparisons. This is like Michael Porter Jr. dropping to 14 in our laps, too. Like, Like, Montreal got gifted this star. And, and everyone in front of them, either they got, uh, I mean, I said our case where we got lucky with Kale, who's a stud, and Quinn Hughes, I would say Vancouver is the only other one that was okay with their draft. But everyone else wishes they had this kid because he is just unreal. Yeah. Uh, he's, uh, he's opening, he's the guy that opens things up for their offense. For as good of a defensive team as Montreal is, he's really energized them. He's like a, uh, he's like a little water bug. You never know where he's going to be. And then all of a sudden he's two steps behind you. And Victor Hedman's like, where'd you go? I just, he ran, he went, he skated under my legs with the puck. How did you do that? I don't even know how that's possible. That's going to bring us to an end here. Well, on hey, episode well, 47. You're not going to let me do my player of the week. I thought you did your, oh, you did oh, two no, players of the I week. Two plays of the week. So my player of the week, uh, I'll get to this real quick. Uh, I was going to throw Herman here because he dominated on Tuesday night. So I'm going to, I'm going to give our mention to Herman, but pains me to say this PG 13 player of the week, oh. dude. I wish points. I would have cut you off. 40 points, but also honorable mention Reggie Jackson because without Reggie Jackson, Clippers don't make it this far. Reggie Jackson, like I said earlier, from Colorado, grew up in the Springs. Good for him. So the clip that, right. that's my player. Like, unfortunately, I, you cut me off. Probably wish you. You probably wish you did. You made up for it because I'll, I'll always allow for love for the Colorado guys. I always got to allow love for guys who played here. Um, but yeah, I mean. I'm excited that we're coming up on episode 50. Like we said, we're coming up on the year anniversary episode, which uh, we decided over the weekend, I'm going to go ahead and go back through all of the episodes that we put out and find our best moments and put it together. It'll be like a, it'll be a bonus episode that it's the week of the 27th, August or July 27th was our first, I think episode that we, we released. So it'll be around that time, but we are going to have a best of coming up for our one year. We're going to start doing the, how it could have sounded once the NBA and NHL playoffs fully wrap up. And we're still going to be doing factor cap moving forward until the NFL season starts. Cause once NFL starts, we'll have plenty of content to talk about, but for now, those are the things that you can continue to look forward. Uh, Nico, why don't you tell people where they can find all of our, our content that we're putting out because you haven't done that in a while. 
I haven't done that in a minute. We'll see if I remember this. At FEOTV Pod, Instagram and Twitter. You can check us out on YouTube, the Far End of the Bench podcast. We're going to have, like I said, we're going to have videos going up there. We're going to have some All-Star weekend or week, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's weird. All-Star, it's All-Star week because it's Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. So weird. But we're going to have content revolving around that on our YouTube page. So like, subscribe us. If you're not already subscribed, unsubscribe and then resubscribe. Helps people get into the into and on people's pages helps us out be sure to do that um, on twitter and instagram we're at feotb pod we're we'll posting a lot of stuff over there um we'll be posting obviously we, we post obviously our, our episodes when, where you can find each one but also you can, you can check out different posts we have we have personal posts we have we'll have a lot of posts on Instagram and Twitter for um, All-Star Weekend when Jimmy and I are at mm-hmm. festivities. We may have to – I'm planning on Jimmy and I going to the convention center for the free admission tickets where they have the play ball or whatever, and you may see some videos of me swinging and missing at 90-mile per hour fastballs. So you'll have oh, to – everybody crazy. swings and misses at a 90-mile per hour yeah, or, or 50-mile per hour fastballs. Or yeah, whatever. I was going to say. Yeah, yeah you, you'll only you'll, – you'll be able to check all of that at, at, out at – F-E-O-T-B pod on Instagram and Twitter. Everything else, check out Fanatics link. Um, fuck, I forget the rest of our sponsors. The Temi Sports. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, High Alpine. High Alpine Brewing. Check them all out. You can ch- check our link tree, which is in all of our bios and has all those links. You know what? For being rusty, that wasn't bad. Uh, I also, was, you can, yeah. No, I, I like it. I'm just going to throw in, if you want to listen to us live, because we have the unhinged playoffs coming, we're going to start needing you guys to listen live. Wednesdays, 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern on hingethisend.airtime.pro. We're replayed again on Wednesday at 3 p- or 5 p.m. Eastern. And then our other big encore that we have are Fridays at 2 p.m. Eastern. So you have plenty of chances to check us out on hingethisend.airtime.pro. Check out all the shows because all the, all the guys, we love working with those, the network guys, and they all make their own great content. Uh, hopefully, you know, once the NBA season is over, I thought about this today, we're going to have to take that Wonderlick test for cover six with Kelsey uh, – I'm hoping that both these series get extended to seven and then the NBA finals get extended to seven too. So I have a little bit of time to study and brush up on some fractions because well, there's going, fractions going, on the wonder lake. I'm like, yeah, I'm going straight in, just, just straight in and be like, ah, oh, screw it. If I do bad, I do bad. There you go. Go straight in. That's the uh, takeaway that I want you guys to have from episode 47 of the far end adventure. But, but for myself, Jimmy Pilato, my co-host, Nico Bryant, thank you everybody for tuning in. We'll catch you guys next week. Peace. When the night is cold and lonely This is a dollar belpy was it the money that made me a savage? Popping them prices and I made it a habit. Towing them pistols and serving them addicts. That was exciting to me. I'm so excited to be. Started with nothing, we had to inspire to be. Elephants again, had to me. I'm getting to it, feel like the man. I 